Are you in some shipping container of some sort? Yeah, I'm uh, being shipped back to the U.S. Like right now. I was thinking that maybe this yeah. is your way of coming across the border. Yeah, no, I, you know, from having to smuggle over to Arizona to get ready for the worlds to, you know, fake that I am a roar driver, you know, so I yep. can race. Yeah, you know, you know, when I go to California, I'm getting me a Mexican flag just to wave for you. Yeah, good. I, I appreciate it. You know, we don't get much like representation. This is, you know, this is a uh, very light skinned hobby. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what? You're more and more like JQ every day. Um, <laughs> with that said, we have a lot. We are going to talk about the world's warm up, but before we do that, we're going to drop that intro as soon as I find it because we got now he's calling himself the Spleener. Spleener, yeah. Uh, Davey Bada gave me this name, my fellow Bean. So, oh my gosh. You know what? I think that your mentor and your evil Sith Lord, JQ, would be so proud of you right now. Oh, I'm, so I'm glad. So, he's, he's number one, you know. Yeah, definitely number one, definitely. <laughs> All right, let's drop that intro and let's get to chatting. Nitro is the glory, but E-Buggy pays the bills. Welcome to the No Name RC Podcast. Get ready for some serious bench racing. But be warned, we speak our minds, express our thoughts, and sometimes things can get a little rowdy. Hate, and he just was influenced by the hate coming from the left, the hate coming from the right. And let's get back to more club racing and less of this Hard not to be arrogant when you're always right. Yeah. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together <laughs> to chat our scene. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, 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 indeed. Nitro's the glory, e buggy pays the bills. But on this podcast, 10 skill build, builds the skills. Bills Welcome to episode number 238 of the No Name RC Podcast. I'm your host, Keena White, a.k.a. Left of the Great. To my virtual left <clears throat> is Mexico's favorite racer, uh, Maddie G, Maddie Gonzalez. Welcome, Maddie. How you doing? Good, good. Just uh, coming back from the uh, Wanna Buggy Challenge slash official uh, World Tournament. Yeah, that's why you're here. We're going to talk about it. I know you, you we planned this uh, a few weeks ago. We have zero notes, so it's just like we're going to talk about it and have a good time and I'll um, talk about you going to the hospital again yep. and all of that good stuff. But before we do that, <clears throat> I just want to say thank you to some people and they are the NNRC squad. Without you guys, we can't do this. Thank you for all the support. Um, I've been looking forward to seeing a bunch of you guys here at the Nationals this weekend. I leave tomorrow. Well, we're recording. It's Monday now. We're recording this, yeah. but I leave tomorrow morning. So if I see you at the Nationals, come up. Say your name. If I don't know you, if we, if we chatted on Facebook, come up, shake my hand, tell me your name, and we're met, and um, let's have a chat. Oh, and thank you to you guys for the support around the world. Also, thank you to the NNRC patrons and YouTube members. You guys help keep these bills paid and help 
you know, make life a little easier and better here. If you wish to support the podcast, you can. Uh, we have links for that in the written description. Also, we can't do this without companies. Obviously, you see them all over our <clears throat> our overlay here. Uh, if you guys can, we have written, in, uh, sorry, we have links, coupon codes, affiliate links, all that stuff in the written description of this podcast. Or if we don't have it, uh, coupon code, just go tell them that you found all this stuff or you heard about this on the No Name RC podcast. It helps us out a lot. Remember, showing the sponsors some love, shows the podcast some love. They are Invisible Speed, High Tech RC, Sun Pedal USA, Sidewinder Fuel, Hot Race Tires, Mayako, Beach RC, Techno RC, Clinic RC, Ignite Design RC. They actually have a sale on the 31st. You can save some money. Racecraft USA. Shout out to my boy, Danny Paz at WRCE. Uh, <clears throat> Connie Spencer at House of RC. And shout out to our drivers, David Ronafalk, Jared Tebow, Robert Badier, Alexander Hubbard. And I, I guess we're going to put you on the team now. You know, as yeah. a 10-scale driver. So, you, <laughs> you know, I dub the Maddie G <laughs> NNRC driver. There we go. I knighted you as an NNRC driver. Perfect. You know, what do you know, like English do? Perfect. So you're now known as Sir Spleener. <laughs> Um, but thank you to all those companies. Remember, check out the links for all of that in the written description of this podcast. It helps us out, <clears throat> and uh, we appreciate it. Some quick shout-outs. Uh, Friday, I want to say shout-out to my boy BJ Williams, who's helping us out with the notes, helped us out with these notes. RC Racer, regular submitter, submitter, loves RC, recovering from uh, knee surgery. He has a GoFund set up for me. We have a link for that in the, in the written description. Uh, also, to the, for the Stu Trotter, who passed away a couple of weeks ago, and his family, we have a, a go fun for them. And uh oh man, and sad, and we're gonna keep with some sad news. Uh, I found out that my uh, I, him and I became good friends. His name was Jeff Berlin. Uh he I met him at Port St. Lucie at Dean's All. I think it was called Dean's All Out back then, too, because he has an now all out in Orlando. But uh, I found out that he passed away yesterday. Uh, I believe he had a heart attack, unfortunately. Very nice man. Uh we became friends. I remember going up to Port St. Lucie and meeting him and Mitch Zach and yeah. um, Phil and these guys. I think Phil or Pete. One of, Phil or Pete. I, I keep getting the name. I think it's Phil. Phil's the younger. Pete is the dad. And um, he was just a good dude. And it's unfortunate that he passed away. Uh, he was a very funny guy. He, he mentored a lot of young guys. He loved RC. And um, unfortunately, he's going, uh, going from <laughs> us now a little bit too soon. So our condolences to his family. There is a GoFund for that as well. I will put that in the written description. And uh, you'll be missed, Jeff, man. Our condolences to the family and to the Florida RC community. He actually was living in Arizona when oh, this yeah. passed. He, he hadn't been doing some RC for a while. So our condolences to that. Another RC person going, like it seems like every week now. It's, it's yeah, getting it's crazy. Yeah, something new. Yep. Uh, all right. So real quick, we have a couple of birthdays to shout out to. I had all this listed here, but I want to say shout out to my boy, George Tisakis from <clears throat> RC Racer. Uh, hold on, offroadrcracer.com. He sent me this stuff. He sent me the hats. His birthday, he went 52. I would have never thought he was 52. He looks good. <laughs> so happy birthday to him. Uh, I saw some other birthdays. We, we said a special happy birthday to Bartholomew Baker last week with his RC oh, son, Matt. Oh, Barry. Oh, Barry. We're going to talk about that because there was no Dakota fan at this race. Yeah. Um. But I wanted to shout out. I had a few more birthdays. Sir. Shout out to my boy, Eddie Fikes. You know, he just went, you know, what the same age. Known Eddie for many, many years. Uncle Eddie's season is, is working for somebody yep. who's making these cool bikes. I like those bikes. I need to get myself one. So shout out to him. Shout out to my boy, Corey Humphreys. He celebrated his birthday. Um, Chase Chandler. 
Uh, yeah, just going through some names here. Okay. So, yeah, we had a few birthdays. We have some birthdays coming up. If I missed your birthday, I apologize. If you wish me to say happy birthday to somebody and I don't see it, shoot me a message. Shout out to James Keaton, his birthday, too. I haven't talked to him for He must be busy up there working at the R at the Rock Track up there in Tennessee. <clears throat> All right. Uh, also, uh, check out Dog Days Auction. They have uh, a lot of R, uh, top RC drivers paraphernalia. It's all framed. It's signed by them, and they're doing some auctions. I believe they stopped. It was the 27th, so probably over. But uh, I hope they raised a lot of money for the Ronald McDonald Fet, uh, charity. Also, the DDRC guys over in the UK, they have similar auction uh, with some bodies from Alexander Habrak. A Lewis Hamilton signed body as Ooh. well. Yes. Uh, yes. And that's for the RC Visions. And that's to promote uh, and help with disability access for disabled racers at tracks. So check that out. Uh, make, uh, place some bids. Win something and help a good cause. It, uh, it all goes around. What goes around comes around. So let's yeah. help those people make some money. All right. So we do have a guest this weekend. It's actually Mark Calandra. Okay. I met Mark uh, back in 2021 at the, at the Raw Nationals at LCRC. He's from CRC. Mm-hmm. Him and his brother Frank, they do the CRC 12-scale stuff. They also yeah. have a – I did not know this, but, I mean, it makes sense. It's called CRC Carpet, right? So yeah. they have the CRC Carpet. They have their track up there as well, up there in Rome, New York. They have the ENATS coming up in July. Oh, yeah. So I had Mark on there. We talked about his history, talked about the track, talked about the ENATS. Thank you, Mark, for his time and his support because he does listen to the podcast. I greatly appreciate that. And, um, yeah, check that out. Uh, this is going to be kind of just a, you know, world's warm-up and yeah. that uh, we're not going into RC news and all that stuff uh, because, yeah, it's kind of a quick podcast. I got to go yeah. home. I got to pack. And I dropped three podcasts last week. Yeah, you know? no, I I was, like, sitting there in bed, like, one of the days. I'm like, damn, Keenan is, like, spitting this shit out. And there's no tomorrow. Two, three-hour oh, podcasts yeah. and then an hour and a half Spanish podcast. See. Si. I think the Spanish one was good. I, I must have issues because I enjoy talking about RC in Spanish too. <laughs> I, I can't even, I can barely speak English as it is. So, <laughs> I mean, you don't, I think your Spanish is like, see, si, por favor, and yeah, polio, si. tacos. I think Sorchi speaks more Spanish than I do. He tells I, me all the time he does. I'm surprised that Captain Kyosho has not messaged me to brag about the Dyad twins, the, the, the Raymond twins. He has not messaged me, which is no. unlike him. He was on a fishing trip like this weekend. That might be why. Oh, that might be. Right, right, right. Maybe he's just going full, full. We had the Kyosho Masters. That should probably be his goal, to go I to t- France. I told him. He, he, yeah, he's a big Kyosho. I don't know how many times I have to. Anytime Lutz does good, I have to hear about how great the Kyosho car <laughs> is. And I'm like, Mike, I'm like, Lutz. You know what? You just reminded me. I can't. I can't forget his body that I have yeah. for him. I have I it in my. Yet, so hopefully he doesn't like watch this yet. But. Oh yeah, but I have it. I'm gonna. It's okay. in my bag. Yeah. I don't know who to give it to, but I'll give it to somebody at yeah. the nationals. Hopefully but um, right. yeah, Mike Swarchi, Captain Kyosho, dude. He was. Uh, he was like, I told you, look at y'all. I said, dude, he was fast. He was very fast. Yeah. Very fast. Very fast. He said, well, he said, don't call it a comeback. We never left. And I remember you said, who the F is we? <laughs> I yeah. really laugh when I saw that comment. Yeah, I'm like, um, let's leash it, Mike. <laughs> and he loves it. What I don't get is why he didn't ask y'all for the body when he pitted with him all DNC. I don't know. Like, he, he was talking about, oh, it's like, it'd be so sick if I had, you know, like one of those guys' bodies. <clears throat> and I was like, you know what? Like, it, 
I'll just I, I it was good that you were at that race like that weekend so I could ask you about it instead of you know having to try to track down a body from Yao. Yeah, he was he was good about it and he sent it to me and I told him to sign it. Kyosha's number one fan. It is. Um, he is number one fan. <laughs> him and my buddy Francis, who lives on her, but he doesn't race anymore. Captain Kyosha is all the way. Um, all right, so we do have you on her, Maddie G. It's been some time. The last time he was on her, he was Aiden with Aiden, who did pretty well this weekend. Probably not as well as he wanted to. He probably should have got a little bit higher place, and I'm thinking he would be a, a little bit upset with yeah. himself for not doing as good as he should because he was in the fight. Um, no, I watched- it was just hard, like um, trying to race with the tires that we had to run on, which they weren't bad, but mm-hmm. the, the track doesn't, the track had a good amount of grip for the tires that we had to run. Um, it was just hard because it was difficult trying to judge when you were going to put on new tires, how many runs tires were, were smoked at. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed like, you know, a lot of those guys were doing one run or two run tires. I thought new tires felt the best. Um, it was kind of like touring car from what like Randy and I were talking about. Um, the harder you drove, the hotter the tires got and the more mm. slightly you would feel towards like the end of like your run. So if you decided to like have a good charge at the beginning and your last minute would probably fall off. Whereas I felt like if I just kind of put it around and pushed it at the end mm-hmm. um, with new tires, the fall off wasn't as bad. Okay. But, all right, well, we're going to get into all of that. <clears throat> but so those who don't know what we're talking about, uh, this weekend we had the, I guess this is the official World's Warm-Up because it is the yeah, World's Warm-Up, so, right? So, so Randy has his one-up buggy challenge, and mm-hmm. then he also had it be the official World's, world's like Warm-Up. So, you know, there was a good amount of guys there from Japan. There was a lot of European guys there. Yeah, the Europeans were there in pretty much full force. We were only missing a couple I felt like of like the whole the whole group. Like Angaro, Pro- Angaro uh, the Hall brothers. And but Angaro Martin. says he's coming. Yeah, I, that's, that's what I was told. Angaro was supposed to come to Desert Classic. I don't know what happened. He, I, uh, I talked to him at I talked to him at this recent race and he says he's going to the world. He says, oh, I will just use one of Spencer's setups. I was like, okay. Um, that's not, that's kind of like Ongaro. I, I, so who wasn't there was guys like, um, we didn't see no Lee Martins, no, no, no Neil Craig's, yeah, no, 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 Neil Falks, no, none of these guys. I'm sure there'll be other Europeans coming yeah. for the main race, but we saw some of the fastest European guys. Well, is Ronald uh, Falk doing it? He doing he's, he, he, he doesn't know yet. I, he might do it. He might not. He hasn't, um, he hasn't, it's a possible, it's a possibility. Yeah. It's a possibility. What's he in a row? Uh, I think it's not going to be an associate. It's not going to be a Schumacher. It's not going to be an X-ray. So well, I know Jakey he... had like a like prototype car when I was a kid at like West Coast for four. Jakey's given up on ten scale. Yeah, I'm like it. It never came out. I'm like it. I thought it was. It looked kind of cool. JQ's gotten 10 scale that time, and you guys were all buddy buddy at OCRC, and he was all about Reedy Race. The Reedy Race that year knocked 10 scale right out of his system. Yeah. <clears throat> he had these big illusion, delusions of grandeur of, you know, making mains or, or winning a, a round of Reedy Race. Ah, yeah. JQ always has these imagination, you know, these, he has a very vivid imagination. Yeah. But it was this weekend, the, the track. <clears throat> The race was run on the control tire, which is the AKA slick clay yeah. slicks. Yeah. Clay slicks. Yeah. 
So I guess we should start off there. Tell us a little bit about this tire because it's so, it's. Let me grab my car. So these tires compared to what I normally run, which is the J Concept smoothies, there these tires are a lot taller, mm-hmm. and they're they're a little more round. Um, so they make a lot of initial grip, I would say, but the the harder you drive them the more inconsistent it got, I would say. Mm. Um, they, they're they really sticky coming out of the bag, and the foams are really soft. So, like, they, the tires were coming off pretty hot after a run. Really? Yeah. Like, we'd come off and be like, all right, like, they're making grip. They have If they're coming off hot, they got to be making grip to some extent. Mm-hmm. So, it's just, you know, it was... Yeah, I, I, I tried running these tires at my local track, like SDRC, with our glued surface with no sauce. And you definitely have to sauce there for the glue stuff. Mm-hmm. But with with Hobby Action uh, being a little more abrasive and no mm. glue, with just uh, they, they have a mystery-like system and then they water it like in between rounds. Um, the abrasion, I think, creates the grip that these tires need, mm-hmm. especially when you're not running sauce, which it honestly wasn't too bad without tire sauce like during practice two wheel was a little sketchy to drive before like a kind of a groove set in and then after you know a good amount of people started started like running on the track like in the mornings it was a little slick just because the track was cold and no one had ran on it for a couple hours but you come in you know for qualifying and uh probably the end end day of friday the traction was pretty much what we raced on all weekend Okay, <clears throat> so you mentioned the tire being taller and the firms being softer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I imagine on a track like this with the traction coming up, just makes it a little more sketchy to drive, more, more edgy, I would say? I wouldn't say our cars were edgy. It was just like um, not running sauce. I haven't actually ever ran slicks without sauce. So this was my first ex- time experience like, going, going through that. And they, they're not edgy. Mm-hmm. They just like if you overdo it, you're spinning out. You have to okay. drive within the comfort okay. zone of the tire. It's like the Slovakia worlds, I would say. Like if you drive within the the zone of what you know the tire gives you, mm-hmm. you're good. Like like car setup honestly wasn't drastically different from what I run most of the time. Just like small changes here and there to get like mechanical grip out of the car. Right, because <clears throat> I did see, I was watching and I. The track doesn't look hard, but it was, we'll, we'll look at the track too. But I definitely saw people making more mistakes than usual yeah. at this race, um, just from the, the A finals that I watched. Now, quick question: I know they had a stock class there, so was stock allowed to run anything? So and stock was allowed to run any tire and sauce. From what I was told, I don't know if this is true, so don't hold me accountable. Anybody who watches this, <laughs> that the world's track will be ran on two weeks prior to the event with people who are not participating at the worlds. Oh, so they are. So they're putting a groove in. in mm, okay, so is the, are they up. doing this on purpose to get a groove in there? Yes. So when okay. we show up the week the the for the third week of the layout, we're not doing donuts because two wheels the first on the track. Will they change the track from two wheel drive to four wheel drive like they yes. did other races? Well, so, I was told there. The I know in December they tested a layout that could be ran both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they are doing, they're going to change the track for two wheel and four wheel from what I've been told. Um, because all of my European friends, especially, uh, 
briefcase, my other 10 scale co-host over on the East Coast, I mean, on, on over across the pond in the UK, Will Venables, are they running sauce? Have you heard if they're running sauce? Yeah, he, he, I, he, he texted me, I think. He said he was going to be down at like SDRC. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, they're, they're not running sauce. I know that for sure. Yeah, that's, that's briefcase. We need to get him on after the next big 10 scale race in the UK. So, or, or yes, <clears throat> EOS. Um, what about, so when you're getting these spec tires, what's the handling like? Are you, are you, is it, was it treated like you were to be at the world's like minimum yeah. cleaning? You're going to clean with water, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So we were only allowed to, they had uh, wash buckets at the tech, at the tech like area. So they had a mm-hmm. whole tech area with boxes with our names on them. Um, we had, we had to go up there and get tires, tires, uh, we had to mm-hmm. have a sticker on them at all times. Um, we were allowed any uh, any amount of sets that we wanted. I think the world is like that. I've I've never been to a world, so I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have like a wing tech or like a chassis tech or anything like that. Are they pre glued or you have to glue them? No, so you have to okay. glue them there. So at the worlds, they'll have a room where you know people are watching us glue tires and all that stuff. The right, two so you can modify foams, anything like that. Yeah, the front the two wheel front tire is open. So you can run okay. whatever dual front tire that you want, but mm-hmm. rear you have to run AK slick, and for four wheel it's AK slick front rear. Okay, okay, so. all right. <clears throat> so that answers a lot of questions that we've been having from our friends across the pond. Uh, it's not as bad as everyone, I guess, you know, made it seem to be. From what, like, from when Tom and I went out there on Saturday to club race. Like everyone was like, oh, they don't have, they're not going to have any grip. You're going to have to change your car completely. And honestly, it's like, it's a lot of over dramaticism, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think the tires were that bad after I watched it. Um, but I do want to talk about the track. So I want to share a video of this, but we're having issues. Something, it's not with no, me, it's yeah. the software side of things. So we can't share a video. But I thought the hardest section of this track was those little whoops. Really? Because if you went through there, and it looked like if you went by, well, so you get hammered through there. Yeah, through I know. I got drive, <laughs> Cavalier and Dustin Evans took you up. Yeah. So up. Brock was going through there. He kind of like got a little upset, and then uh, mm-hmm. I had nowhere to go. And then you know, uh, Dustin just grabbed a fistful of throttle and just ran me over. It didn't really stop. I think he you ran all the way to tenth. Yeah, I went all the way. Then like Cavalier just kind of finished it off. And like, like with Cavalier, it's like whatever. Like he was, it's the spur. Like he was in the moment. Like it's all good. I get it. But like with Dustin, like like him and I talked about it. Like afterwards, it's just like if I would have done that, I would have been getting a yelled at. And I know it. You would. So have. like you know, I get it. Like I'm new to this modified thing, but like you know, mm-hmm. I don't like to be raced like that. So, but I, I did it, see. I mean, if you if there wasn't a lot of traffic under there, it was fairly easy. But then the setup for the diagonal diagonal triple or whatever, yeah. or triple whatever that yeah. that was the extremely hardest. Hard. Yeah. So like with the amount of grip that we had, and the track got a little rutted before then. Mm-hmm. If you did like, I felt like I was going way slower than everybody else through that whole corner, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to clear that jump, mm. because that was like that ruined two of my. It ruined my first qualifier and my A3 run. So it ruined Aiden Horn quite a few times too. Yeah. It, he it, would it, jump it right hard. into that, yeah. that pipe. Cause like you would line up for it. You think you got it right. And your car would get a little loose and you're like, 
and then you'd land in the middle and just be done. I did see the two-wheel drive cars whipping so much through there compared to the four-wheel drive cars. Maybe yeah. it was maybe because they couldn't line up properly or you couldn't get the power on to go uh, through there. It was easier to go through that section two-wheel than four-wheel. Okay, so okay, so I didn't see things. It did look like it was easier because man, I would see, I think I saw you whip through there. I saw like Rivkin um and everybody whip through there. Yeah. And I, I did not see that in the four-wheel drive too much. Yeah, but I did see drive- it wasn't comf- like, I don't know, for me at least, my four wasn't comfortable enough to just kind of go through there smoothly and try to like figure out how to get through there. Okay. It definitely caused people problems. I mean, even Brock lost it there in A3 with yeah. two wheel drive. So let, it, it was that part of the track looked extremely hard. Mm-hmm. It uh, it was like, so I'm assuming the driver stands right here. You're, dr- yeah. you're jumping in front of you, but you're, you're jumping, jumping at an angle. And, yeah, yeah. So you're like, you know, sideways over the jump and, you know. Yeah. Trying to it, make sure that you clear it. It definitely look hard. It definitely look hard. If you guys want to see the track, it's on Mod Media. It's on YouTube. Uh, yep. You can go check it out. I'm, I'm sorry we can't play it. I don't know what's going on. It keeps freezing up stuff. Here. All right. Let's talk about the talent that was there. So, or the talent, we probably should talk about the talent that wasn't there. Uh, no TLR or Dakota yep. fan. No Taylor, no fan. Yep. What, what? What? I'm shocked. Yeah, I think it was because a lot of these guys are getting ready like for Nitro Nats. Okay. Okay. So that so that th- that makes sense to me at least. Um, uh, they, Schimmel was there. Thomas Tran was there, and a couple other TTLR guys went. Uh, Schimmel made the made made the main in two wheel, so that's good. Mm-hmm. They could get some feedback from him and see what's going on. Like him and Tom put in a lot of work. So, mm-hmm. I was talking to Tom at the Carpet Nets. He's got some really good ideas about off off the off the track ways to be prepared and all that stuff. We had a good chat actually at yeah. the Carpet Nats about other things that I, I wonder if he's doing them with Brennan <clears throat> as well. Well, 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 on Brennan now, and as a, as a, a guy who's coming from stock to mod himself, what do you think of the pro- progress of Brennan? Cause he he's was doing like, good. Uh, Brennan's always been a really good wheel. Um, having Tom part of his program really helps out uh, with like the wrenches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just getting another, you know, good eye on watching Brennan to drive and all that stuff like helps out. Um, it's definitely hard. You go from being on top to, you know, at the bottom, you know, you can do the lap times, but you can't hold the consistency and the pace for five minutes. It's definitely hard. I don't think Brennan ran stock for as long as I had to. Mm-hmm. When I say had to was because I was a contracted stock driver. Um, but um, he's definitely doing good. Uh, it is discouraging once in a while to have the B main result and, you know, but it's not a bad thing. It's just all, all, all like learning. I, I know it's a process. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. And honestly, like well, it seems like Brennan's in good health, so uh, that's not going to have any like issues. But yeah, um, we'll talk about your health issues at at in the in later. And later, we're talking about competition there now. You made two wheel drive main. Didn't make four wheel yep. drive main. I was very shocked about that because usually okay. four wheel drive is your stronger class. Yeah. Um, but very good. I think you qualified fifth. Fourth. Okay. Yeah. I almost you in a couple rounds. I was, I was, I was kind of the guy. <laughs> I like it. I mean, we, you know, I'm not going to give you any money if you make the finals, you know, but, you know, we definitely claim you. Yeah. If you know yeah. you make the world's final, you're not getting any money from us because we don't have nothing to give you. <laughs> but uh, we'll definitely claim you and big you up and talk about you a lot. Uh, and let, well, let's talk about so no fans. So let's, okay. So fans yeah. not there. Tater's not there. I, I, for me, 
I still have Fenn going in as the favorite going into the Worlds no matter what. Honestly, Spencer, this whole year as a whole has looked, looked really good. good. Looked has good. looked really good. Looked so, very good. With, you know, my mom's calling. Yeah, his mom's calling. Making sure that his spleen's intact. Um, So he has looked good as a whole this whole year, like pretty much. Dakota was came out swinging at Hoosier, super mm-hmm. dominant. Um, but like the last few events, like it seems like the associated camps, just got him. Yeah. Spencer has got him. Like the associated camps have put in a lot of work. Like they come down to SDRC and do a lot of the, do a lot of like their testing. So they've been here late nights, like early mornings, you know, put in a lot of work trying to figure like stuff out, uh, to keep up with TLR and, you know, the phenom. So it seems like they're starting to get everything figured out. Uh, Spencer's look good at most of these events this year, I think as a whole, I, th- um, so, but yep. So I mean, I I think we're we're going to be in for some good racing with those guys. Yeah. And then um, if a Rana Falk, if a, I, I for some reason I have a feeling that Rana Falk and Ongaro would do well at this track too. I, I mean, yeah. I, well, Ongaro has had previous experience on slicks. He's he's done Reedy Race and all that stuff. I don't know about. I think Ongaro is just going to be able to. Do yeah. it because he's just that good, right? He's just good. Yeah. Well, he showed up to the two wheel or the exactly. world like last time and almost won. So it's he's just that good. Uh, but was I, I remember Max and I were talking and um he was like, Do I have any Europeans in my top three? And I was like, No, not at this track. But the only European to make the mains this weekend was Orlowski. Yeah. And to be honest, Brock looked. Brock was fast. So, yeah. like, I mean, we, I know they have the same car. I know they don't race on this type of uh, surface over over in Europe. Yeah. Uh, but we Brock shows that the shoe market is capable of doing well yeah. on this. No. He's had much more time on this type of yeah. surface. Uh, but sure. he was he was. A, I mean, we can't even throw. I can't. No, Brock is in my brain. Like, I think he's a contender. Yeah. And no, I'm Brock, saying that you aren't either. But no, I'm just saying no. we're looking at different no, contenders. Brock was wild. Like. Um, Ever since joining Schumacher at the beginning, it was a little bit of a uh, of a you know learning process. Mm-hmm. But now it seems like he's gotten the cars like comfortable. That car likes to be driven hard, from what it like seems like, and his mm-hmm. driving style fits that pretty perfectly. Yeah, and I see that Mika just missed out on making it. Man, he was eleventh in four wheel drive, and let's see. Or no, where so he, he made the four wheel drive, but not in two wheel. He didn't. No, he didn't. It was only ten, right? Yeah, so he made the main four wheel. Uh, Mika? No, 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 Mika. You're talking uh, about Mikao. Oh, yeah. Mika, yeah. So Mika missed out on the four old main. Uh, him and Yorn showed pretty good speed, like all. Oh, Ty Tessman didn't make the B, didn't make the A either. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm just going through her. Um, and Mayfield didn't make the B in uh, and Cavalry. They both only made one final. Yeah. Cavalry made it in two in two wheel drive and. Uh, blah blah blah. Where is Rick Cavallari? No, yeah, he made it. I'm sorry, Mayfield made it in four wheel drive. Oh, Ta- Tasman was in four wheel drive. Yeah. Who is Kuki Kato? Kuki uh, he's Kato. from Japan. He's I, I uh, he's been to re race a couple times mm-hmm. and he's always done pretty good. And mm. this is probably the fastest I've seen him here on this type of surface. Like, he was what pretty type of car does he drive? So he runs for Associated. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, good. Good. I, it's good to see some more Japanese guys coming over and being yeah. competitive at this race. So uh, also we had big names like 
Uh, Jorn Newman was there, obviously. Yep. Daniel Kopovic, who was super fast at the carpet championships. Big six foot nine Viking. Yeah, I dude. didn't see him main day. I don't said know. that. I don't know what happened. He's not like you yeah. can miss him. No, like I, he's way taller than I am. You know, so I was. Just, he's like two, three. He's like two and a half of you, dude. Like he's, it's a, he's a big dude, and I big. didn't see him sitting there on main day, which was Ooh. weird. And Coelho not in either of these mains. Got to be disappointed about that. Yeah, um, they're staying till Thursday, I think. Okay, Let, let's be honest. This is the warm up. I'm sure they were testing stuff. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's going to be different when it comes around to the worlds, yeah. but I still think that these warm ups have an effect, right? They yeah, boost some sort of confidence. Sure. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, you're sitting there at the warm up, and, you know, for those guys to come all the way over here and not make the main, it probably stings a bit. But Bruno's good. He's done this. He's one of the most versatile drivers, I would say, for sure, when mm-hmm. it comes to the racing. So he'll figure it out. Like, like they're going to be there till Thursday. They'll uh, they'll have a good amount of time and wheel time on the surface, which is good because it's always difficult when you're driving on something that you don't know, especially mm-hmm. like like for them always running on grip or you're extremely extremely like low grip to you know high grip, and then we're I would say this was somewhat in the medium, okay. and it's more it's it's more of a driver's worlds I would I would say like if you can put put around you know push when you need to that's how it is okay um well let's talk about some of the american guys that were like let's talk about mayfield and cavalry not making you know back in back in these days like we go back two three years ago these guys are always in these mains right yeah. um uh, mayfield running the associated cars uh coming from yokoma all this time yeah. but uh, i mean the associated cars are generally better than the yokoma yeah. cars at, at this point because i would say cav on the schumacher and I have to say Tasman. I mean, Tasman only making one of these mains and was not the number one x-ray guy I heard this yeah, weekend. Either. No, it was Chase Lemieux, uh, on-road prodigies, Paul Lemieux's son. Um, Paul was a pretty badass honored racer back in mm-hmm. the day. And Chase is seeming to try to make a name for himself in off-road, which he definitely is doing a good job of doing so. So. Yeah, I saw him in May. Oh, sorry, I saw him in Tasman, kind of Tasman hitting him from behind a bit. Yeah. Um, in the in some of these, I, I'm I'm Before, sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure the Tasmans are also happy that they beat Bruno, because <laughs> I know there's some friction there. Uh, I wouldn't say friction, but there's some. No, but yeah, you know, like Bruno's the top extra guy over there. Tasman's supposed to be the top extra guy here, and that's you know, yeah, you got some clashing going on. Of course, of course, we definitely have some clashing. That. Of course not. I love that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chase Lemieux out there uh, representing X-Ray, made both yeah. mains. Uh, I think it finished pretty good. Let's see. Let's come up with the triple mains. fourth and two wheel and fifth and four wheel. Really? Good stuff. That's that's good. Good weekend for him, I would say. Good weekend. Um, let's talk about Aiden Horn. Very fast. Yep. Uh, but mistakes, mistakes, mistakes in his mains would be yeah. the reason. It was just hard. I, like, I, I don't really blame him. Mm-hmm too much for the mistakes it's just the, the track was hard the conditions were hard if you you know you had to drive pretty much perfect near perfect to do something cool because a mistake or bobble out there with the amount of grip that we all had it was an equalizer like if you made a mistake it, it showed because you couldn't just magically make up time 
Mm-hmm. And the, the track, you yeah, if you overdrove, the track definitely did bite you. But if you drove within the comfort zone and the level that the track I gave you, you were doing good. Okay. So in four-wheel drive, you had Spencer go 1-1, one, one, so he didn't do A3. Aiden Horn had a 3-2 and a 1. Yeah. Brock had a, a 2 Five and a three, so that get put him in third. And Evans, the wily old veteran, five, eight, and that two. That two is what saved him in the end. Yeah, that last two. Uh, and then Chase Lemieux fifth uh, with a four, three, and a six. Yep. So it, that was the a two that him and Tasman were kind of yeah we're going, going at, at each other. Ar- Arlowski, oof, I, I think Arlowski is a little bit. He little looks bit. fast. Like we club raced on Wednesday. And mm-hmm. uh, I got him the second round of qualifying, but he TQ'd like overall. But he was there since Tuesday driving, so he had a good amount of time on the track. And, you know, his stuff looked good. Um, it just, it's hard. It's definitely not easy. It, I think with their aggressive driving style from driving on carpet 24 mm-hmm. 7, mm-hmm. you know, isn't. Isn't kosher, I would yeah. say. It doesn't work over there. Yeah. Uh, Spencer had to do it in three. He had a one, a three, and then the A3 was actually pretty good because him and Brock had a good battle, Yeah, I believe, and then Brock made that mistake on that same that yep. diagonal triple, and he just cased it, and then he couldn't double the last double, and yeah. then, that's, and then that allowed um, yeah. Spencer to go by. So I, I, have to, I have to agree. Spencer is on fine form. Spencer's actually on good form in eight scale, too, yeah. to be honest. No, his, his, his whole program like this year has looked really good. Like, mm-hmm. he's been putting work with 8-scale. It seems like they're figuring stuff out with their car. Um, great. The dog. But, uh, yeah, it's been going pretty good. <laughs> what type of dog is that? Uh, it is a French bulldog. Oh, okay. So he's just super excited. or He is super excited. That's all right. He can She's be a part a of the show dog. as well. But they can't swim. So there we no. go. They sink. <clears throat> Everybody seems to want French bulldogs now. They're <laughs> I think uh, the people that impressed me here, obviously, I, I am impressed with your fourth place finish in two-wheel drive. I think even JQ would give you a compliment. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I would have to say Chase Lemieux, very impressed with him. Mm-hmm. And Kauki Kata. Kata is yeah. like the three people that really impressed me. Uh, uh, Davey Bader uh, made the... I see that. Second, he said he did second in four-wheel and finished... Uh, he made the main, but I know he struggled. Uh, we ran lighter diff oils than we normally do, mm-hmm. and we didn't really change them out because we're not really accustomed to changing diff oil all that often. So we realized that they burn, and we took our diffs apart, and they were bone dry. So that's so what happened on ten scale. We yeah. know that in the in the eight scale. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can hear Sorchi already saying, oh, "You should have changed your diff oil." So, yeah, you know who else would be saying, "Don't be an idiot, change your yeah. diff oils." Uh, that's JQ. <clears throat> I I look forward to the to the worlds, man. It's I think it's going to be exciting. I know this is a warm up and people out? are testing, huh? Are you coming out? I want to. I st- it's like the end. It's in September, right? Yeah, it's like the middle to end of September. I re- I mean, I do want to. I, I've. I'm going to see if I can get some money to get out there. I'm, I'm going to be pretty busy from July to the end of the year, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it's hard not to to kind of say that Spencer is still I, – I have Fend as the favorite, but, I yeah. mean, Spencer's right there at this moment. I'm like 
even with Finn not coming to this race, he's been to this track. He drives on this surface. I'm sure they're going to go out there to do to do some sort of testing. He's going to be fine. So I believe so too. It just uh, it, it's kind of a bummer to see like you know he wasn't there, so we didn't get to see you know if the pace was any better. Like Brock mm-hmm. was definitely pushing the pace a little bit more than uh, I think the Associated guys were. I think Brock's hot lap was 17.5 in two wheel, and Spencer and the majority of the AE guys, including myself, were doing 17.7s. Okay. Um, so. All right. So let's talk about some of the stuff that people were doing to get their cars to work. Did we see any upside on shocks? No. Um, it was talked about for sure, but it's too bumpy. Okay. And um, with the upside down shock stuff, you need the track to be smooth. Okay. And not a lot of big jumps. And there were bumps and big jumps. So through the whoops, it wouldn't have been very good or before mm-hmm. the big like triple. And what about, I know you were saying that I think X-Ray was trying a whole bunch of stuff of chassis. Yeah, and like I saw that they were cutting chassis. Um, I think I know what they were doing, but I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but uh, I have an idea of, of what was going on, but it seems like they whatever Chase LeBue was doing, they just needed to either figure out or copy because in a three, like at least when he was running behind me, I felt like he had way more grip than I did. Mm-hmm. Like came onto the straightaway and uh, we got kind of, we kind of got tangled up because he just pinned it. And I was just like, trying to get on, trying to get on the gas. Right. So he, his stuff was good. Um, I think he might have a good base for them to start off to practice with this whole week and kind of go from there. Okay, so it sounds like everybody's kind of staying there for the week then. Yeah. Is it just uh, X-ray, X-ray guys? guys staying there for the week. Um, that kid from Japan is staying for the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jared Met from Australia was there for the past month, and now he's coming down here. And then we're going to hit a couple of races. Like, well, he's here for the rest of his time. And then um, – Trying to think who else was. Uh, I think the Schumacher guys are staying till today. Okay. And maybe Kovac can show up for, for another day. <laughs> hey, Kovac's a, you, hey, Kovac's a big dude. You don't want to piss him off. He is. I don't know what happened. I like if I wish I knew, maybe he got sick. And that sucks. Maybe he got I'm sick. Sorry maybe I'm he got sorry sick. to hear. But I didn't see him on May Day. <laughs> hey, what happened to Matty G? Kovac got a hold of him. Um, <clears throat> you got sick. I did. So, Again, so um, with the after effects of not having a spleen, your immune system is compromised completely. Tom and I went to bed on Monday night, and I had we slept with the AC on, mm. and that dr- and with the AZ dry heat and the dry air inside the uh, room, it gave me a sinus infection, and. Um, I had a fever on and off all day, which is a symptom of what they said would happen. They said, if I start feeling sick, I immediately need to go to the ER. Tom went to the track. I, I didn't want to like bug him too much. So uh, my mom uh, told me what medicine I should probably take. Mm-hmm. So I went, got some meds, um, figured all that stuff out. And then after that, um, I slept for the majority of the day before Tom came back to the room. I asked him, I'm like, hey, do you mind taking me to the ER? He said, sure. We, uh, I got dressed, showered up from sleeping in bed all day. Um, 
went to the ER. They gave me a shot of penicillin and something else that I can't remember. But uh, I felt 100% normal in a couple hours. Oh, that's good. That's good. So they say I needed some sort of antibiotic to fight off um, whatever infection may come up because mm-hmm. my body can't fight it without you know the spleen which it i thought that they were just you know kind of giving me a precautionary thing but it was actually you know pretty uh legit well you know i think uh spleens are important we try to keep them in our bodies i didn't know that you know you could lose a spleen or what a spleen was well we all know why why spleen a spleen mectomy was needed for you as jq had the definition of race race stock for too long that that had my dad like crack it up Sure. That guy's an idiot. He made me laugh so much with that. All right. Um, so anything else you want to share or anything that ran on while we was there or while you was there, anything you noticed um, that might you might be preparing for going into the worlds in a few months? Um, for anyone who's coming, the facility is awesome. Uh, the area is cool. Uh, there's a Starbucks for, like right up the street. There's multiple food places that you can walk to. Uh, there's a hotel that's literally up the street in walking distance to the track. Uh, it's the Sinesta Inn. So if you're planning on going, it's a pretty good spot to go, and the rooms are pretty cheap. Um, the tire game, it's all dependent on what you feel with your car and how it's set up. Um, it's not the same for everybody. I know Brock was putting a run on his tires before each run from what I saw. Um, a lot of those guys, Spencer, Aiden, uh, Dustin, we're all putting a run on their tires. I like new tires. It is not cheap, and I might not be able to pay my rent, but <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, definitely, if you're coming, just know that, you know, it's if you're not running on slicks in the U.S., it is a different driving style from what you might be used to. Yeah, but I, I also believe that the cream always rises to the top. Yeah, no, these... the, the fast guys will figure it out, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it always goes. Okay. What are you planning on doing uh, to prepare for this? Are you going to be going there any time between yeah, now and um, the world? We're going to go out there in July at, when they do their next, like, track build. So we're going to mm-hmm. go out the week after or something, like, after they put a groove on it and, and go and run. I want to go run my foil some more. Um, I want to try some different springs on my two-wheel and kind of go from there. Um, I know that those guys ran a little bit of different set of stuff than I did. Uh, I'm going to see if they will be willing to tell me what they ran so I can, you know, try to be on the same page and um, figure out what's going on. Cool. 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 So I, I guess I want to ask you, who's your, who should we look out for in uh, the next world in this world's coming up? Who do we, you think is going to surprise people besides yourself? Let's uh let's uh let's who's your who do you think we have to look out for after watching this? Honestly, I think Davey might do something pretty cool at a four wheel. Okay. Like he he led every qualifier for the first like three laps in four wheel. And then he would uh, we had the discussion about the the diff oil thing. I think there was enough oil in there where it was fine for a couple laps, and then as soon as it heated up, it was all bad. So I think bottom might do something cool in four wheel. Um, the Europeans are coming. I definitely would not count them out even after a weekend like this. Um, the extra guys, as uh, Martin t- told me when I asked him how 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 everything was going, nothing in life is easy. So they're definitely going to sit there and figure it out. 
Um, the Schumacher guys will be good. I'm sure Kovac will figure it out. Uh, I'm sure there was uh, William. I can't remember his last name. Uh, he was there. He was in the C main of two wheel. Let's see. C main of four wheel. I can't remember. He runs like for Schumacher. Okay. Um, um, I'm sure all these guys will sit. Uh, I wouldn't count Cavalier out either. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be putting in work trying to figure out like some four wheel stuff. And um, it seemed like everybody this weekend was working really good as a team trying to figure everything out. Okay. Well, let's let William Amaro. I think that's what you're talking about. No, no, no. Okay. So he's a local. Well, there's no other Williams there, buddy. No. Uh, I can't Maybe remember. you got the name wrong. I probably did. <clears throat> all right. Uh, because we have to show him some love and we're all about stalker as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Levi and and Chase had good weekends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jake was Jake is pretty much the, the guy in stock there. Uh, it's just like OCRC. Uh, Who's Jake? To, is that Jackie right here? Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake there, yeah. Okay. So he's pretty hard to beat there. He uh super consistent, super fast. Um, hold on. Hold on. Who is Prince of Darkness? Ryan Prince. Oh, right. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's All my right. brother. That's my brother in color. Yes, I saw him time marshal. I think I met him at DNC. Yeah, I think no, he's, he's a super yeah. nice guy, yeah. Very or nice he guy. was in Silver State. I don't know if you... I don't think no, I didn't go to Silver State. No. I think I saw him at DNC. Might have. I don't know. Uh, Can't remember. Yeah. He's good. Uh, he's one of he's one of their like locals that's super fast all the time. Um, Willie Smith was up there in two wheel. He's super fast. Um, but yeah, the Jake pretty much dominated uh, the twins. I think Levi won both A twos, and then Jake just kind of figured 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 everything out for A threes. Mm-hmm. Um. So the twins did good for them coming out of town. Um, How old are they now? They're twelve. Okay, still playing time. Same age as Little Bump. Yeah, same age as Little Bump. Yeah, they're they're good uh, for them running stock competitively at the level that that they do. Like they beat me at home once in a while, so they're they're pretty good. Okay, will we see? Well, have they have a whole? Do they have an entry list yet for the worlds out yet? No. Okay. So, so we still I don't, don't think know. That they're coming. I don't think they're coming to the worlds because it's like the first. It's it's during school, mm-hmm. and they're not the best scholars. So <laughs> that's still not the best scholars. So they need to go to school. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So they need to go to school. <laughs> well, I think everybody should go to school because RC is yeah. not guaranteed to nobody. So stay no, in school, RC people. Is... Get your GED. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm glad you came on to talk a little bit about this. Um, we gave us some inside information because. I didn't really watch much of it this week. I kind of chilled out, but I did watch it this morning before we recorded. It was some good racing with some back and forth, lots of mistakes, yeah. lots of mistakes. So it's going to be interesting to see when we get, like I keep going back to Angara and Runafolk, right? Um, and then maybe a Neil Craig, if he comes. Uh, and these he always guys. Makes, makes the main, no matter what. It mm-hmm. seems like Neil's always up there. So, And then I'm sure people like Coelho are going to go and put their heads on, Orlowski, Cavalry as well. What about Mayfield? Do you think Mayfield's um, going to so be there competitively? It seems like they figured some stuff out after the end of uh, after after racing. They changed some stuff on his car. And he seemed to be pretty comfortable again. It's just he doesn't run very much like ten scale like uh-uh. anymore. Like, like with techno being his main, you know, source of income, I, I would guess um, he puts in a lot of work. Like with them trying to get their 
there's stuff on dialed in. It obviously works because he's one truggy, Bruffalo's one buggy. So the techno stuff is definitely on the rise uh, with the help of Mayfield. So it's good to see that, you know, a local, a local like company that I ran for, like, like when I was a kid. Uh, Are you trying well. to get a sponsorship from Techno right now? No, I'm just saying that like they're doing good. <laughs> I know. I, they are. Well, they're they're I we talked about this in the last podcast. Um, I was happy that Ruffalo won. I, if you would have told me that Ruffalo would have won yeah. that race, I would have said no way. But he did, and um, he did a very good job of it. Yeah. And I look forward to seeing uh, this madman come back over to the America and race as well. All the Europeans are talking about probably going to AMS later on this year for eight scale. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, that it's would a, be cool to watch, like for sure. And then some of them are then talking about doing the carpet championships afterwards because I think it's AMS and carpet championships. I think me and the and uh, the little people are going to be going to carpet. You mean your dyad, your 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 little padawans, the little dyad in the force. One of these days they're going to be taller than me, and I can't talk shit. So there you go. It'd be like you talking shit to Kovalev. Exactly. Mm, I'm not talking up. to him. I'm just saying I didn't see him on main day. All right, I don't all know right, why. Right. So then he grabs you like this, and he's like six foot eight. You know, it's it's pure a Viking stock. I was you know, from Norway. I was just wondering where he was. You know, and you're little, you're the Aztec, Aztec warrior, and he's like pure Viking stock. You know, you better be ready. How <laughs> many joking? Um, you know what? I appreciate you coming on. We're gonna um. We are going to go to the interview with Mark Calandra, and then I'm going to come back with you for our uh, conclusion. How's that sound? Yep. Sounds good to me. All right. Joining me in the virtual studio this week is a man probably who needs no introduction. He's been a RC stalwart in the Northeast community for quite a long time, him and his brother. Uh, I, had, I think I had the privilege of meeting your brother at the 2021 Nationals, correct? That was me. That was Okay, so I met you. Sorry, it's been a while. I meet a lot of people. I apologize. But we got to talk in there, I remember. And we always said, we're going to get you on the podcast. I'm glad you reached out to me uh, because I didn't even know that you guys had the ENATs coming up. So um, I thought that, you know, when you reached out to me, I thought it'd be perfect to get you on her, tell your story, and uh, we can talk about the ENATs that are coming up. So joining me is Mark Calandra of CRC Hobbies, CRC, the car manufacturers, CRC, the carpet, and CRC, also the indoor track and outdoor track up there in Rome, New York. Welcome to the NNRC. Thank you, Lefty. Thanks for having me today. It's, it looks like it's a nice day up there in New York. I guess it's springtime for you guys. Yeah, it's a decent day. Thank you for having me on the show today. Um, yeah, up here in the Northeast, uh, it's a much different weather pattern than you, you're used to down there. Uh, we had frost on the windows oh, a week ago. And we had to put all the plants inside so they didn't uh, they didn't die. So uh, it's about 70 here right now or, or right around there. And we're looking for mid-80s at the end of the week, which will be just delightful for us. We don't get that kind of weather. Everybody oh, thinks. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. It's like in the 90s here in Hubert. <laughs> it's, 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 it's getting hot here. It's just going to get hotter from here on out. Uh, but I did experience some, some nice weather like that. I, I would love for 75s, to be honest. But uh, all good, man. I know this kicks off you guys' season as it is a, a you do live in a northern uh, region where it, it snows and whatnot like that. So I know outdoor season for you guys starts to kick off. I see, uh, I was watching, there's a racing going on. There's L- LCRC had racing. I know Barnes almost is having racing. So it's good to see the Northeast guys get back into racing. 
uh, as I've gotten to know more people from the Northeast, I realize how much of a, it's a pretty big community with a very rich history as well. So uh, it's good. I think you're one of my first guests from the Northeast on her. So always good to, to have somebody out there. But I always want to start with how did this start for you? Because it's you and your brother, right, that got started in this. Uh, mm-hmm. I did some research. You guys got started back in the 80s. <clears throat> like a lot of normal people be, one person got a Tamiya, and I think you guys were into motocross. But maybe you can tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> the uh, quick history about it, uh, I won't make a long story long for you, but uh, my brother actually had a, uh, uh, to me, a rough, rough rider like in 1979. And then he got out of RC, him and his buddy were playing around in a in a parking lot and, and, and you know, that type of thing. And then he gave, basically got out of RC because the only local hobby store was, you know, across the country, the ranch ranch pit shop in California, there was nothing locally at all. I mean, it was, there was no RC scene. So he got out of it and we were racing motocross bikes quite heavily. Uh, every single weekend in and out for years, I started riding when I was three and a half. I started racing when I was five and I did it all the way. I mean, I even still do it once in a while now. Um, but I did it very extensively. My brother did it very extensively. And then uh, we got hurt a couple of times. And one of the times when we got hurt, uh, I had had saved up my pennies and bought a Tamiya grasshopper. And uh, he put it together for me because I was just a little kid. You know, he put it together for me. And uh, that kind of started the ball rolling again back with RC. And then racing dirt bikes, you get hurt a little more and it starts going, well, these don't hurt as much. We start going more over to RC and less over to motocross a little bit. And we, uh, we realized that we could start doing this, found a local hobby shop that was fairly close to us. He wasn't really even a hobby shop yet. He had a track behind his house. And then as, uh, that went on, we became friends. I ended up working there as a kid and, uh, that place (laughs) is our current place. We actually bought it. Yeah, it's our current place. We we bought that place. Uh, actually, not from him. It ended up changing hands once before it went to went to us. But we we got that place. Um, Interesting. And then yeah, and then uh, you know we started the manufacturing side and so on and so forth. All right. So this is I would assume this is we're talking about in the eighties when you was doing the motocross. Um, did when did it start transitioning to become a little bit more serious? And you started taking. Did you start? traveling for racing and stuff like that was you a part of the the 90s side of racing when you know 10 scale was booming and all of that so even though i'm only 48 years old i'm not that old um i'm a dinosaur in the rc industry i'm i really am uh my brother is too uh as an example we we've been racing rc i've been racing rc since like 1983 or 1984 I've been racing RC pretty much week in and week out since, since then. Uh, I've been going to, and you've had Scotty Ernst on here, uh, Scotty's U.S. Indoor Championship race in the Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I've been going to that race every single year since 1986. I've never missed oh, wow. a year. I've oh, never wow. missed a year. That's impressive. Uh, ever. <laughs> uh, and my brother's the same way. He's never really missed a year. So that's 30, what, 36 years consecutively of going to a race. I'm 48 years old. I've been going to race for 36 years. Yeah, you've been racing a long time. 
I've been racing a long time. <laughs> I've seen every trend that we've had uh, in RC so far. You know, in my time, I've I've raced nitro uh, on road. I've raced road everything. So I've been I've been I'm a dinosaur in this game. Okay, so in these times, what was the classes that you was most focused on? Was it 10 scale at this time, I would assume? Because that was the boom in the 80s um, and 90s. Actually, uh, ourselves personally, because we're so much based upon on-road, of mm-hmm. course, it was 12 scale and oval, uh, 12 scale and 10 scale oval as well. But then me and Frank were very much big into 10 scale and 8 scale nitro on-road racing. And we, we got very, very good at that, uh, ran for Serpent, ran for a company called Neo, um, mm-hmm. traveled all over the place, but went to the worlds. I went to the, to Cincinnati eight scale and 10 scale worlds. My brother went to the worlds many times. Um, I think he, he finished as high as sixth in the world. I made the top 25 at the 10 scale worlds. Um, you know, we, we've been involved with nitro on road racing for a long period of time as well. Uh, we don't do that too much anymore just because there's no place to do it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so we did a lot of, uh, on road and we dabbled in off road locally club, club racing and stuff like that and go to regionals and, and, uh, Frank did some nationals and stuff like that. I, I wasn't huge into off road when I was a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So you was, was you a part of the, the banked oval concrete oval astro astro ast- asphalt oval that we saw like in the nineties that I used to see on the cover of magazines and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. I did that then as well. Yeah. Whipper will. And, uh, there was actually yeah, you a was local... telling me about Whipper will. You was the one yeah. telling me about that. I've heard. Yeah. That there was, before. there was a local track here, uh, in this area that actually paved their bank track and had a big paved bank oval, uh, with that. Yeah, that was huge at one point. Um, I always heard guys mention about Kings RC in North Carolina and now mm-hmm. banked over and how, like I also used to listen. I used to listen to Jason Rona's podcast with uh, with Jagati and all them guys, and they come like he was a oval special. So you heard him talk about it, and my buddy used to tell me about it because he lived in North Carolina. Like paved oval was huge at one point. Like with the the there's two brothers, the Daryl Daryl and I can't remember the other one's name, but I remember seeing them in the magazines all the time. And yeah, yep. it was big. Yeah, it was very big. Yep. So. And, and not only that, I was not, uh, my brother was super, super into RC. I was, mm-hmm. I'm a, 11 years younger than my brother. So there's a pretty, pretty big age, age gap between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, you know, chasing girls and I was also racing, uh, race go-karts and mm-hmm. motocross bikes. And I was doing a bunch of other things as well as RC when I was younger as well. And Frank had committed a little bit more to just RC. Okay. And I was doing kind of more of the other things okay. that were outside. Being normal. <laughs> he was being a yeah, normal being, teenager. being normal. Yeah. Oh, all right. So I know that you guys have your own brand of, I believe it's 12 scale onward cars. Uh, if, if I'm, if I'm wrong, if you do other scales as well. Uh, and I asked you before this, did the CRC carpet come from you guys? So I guess I want to know what came first there. Did you guys start designing your cars before you had the hobby shop? Or how did that come about where you guys started designing your own chassis and, and make CRC the car company? So back in uh, 1993, my brother opened uh, CRC Manufacturing. Mm-hmm. I graduated high school in 94, and in 1996, I opened CRC Raceway, um, which is they were two separate things, two separate locations. 
Um, my brother started with a small, uh, small amount of products. We were making brushes for, for mo motors, you know, brushed motors and, and stands for motor stands to, to hold fans and, you know, some small trinket parts more or less. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and we were also very big into 12 scale. And then shortly thereafter, he started designing with a, another person, uh, by the name of Bruce Carbone, him and Bruce started designing a, a 12 scale car together. And, uh, we, we started driving that, you know, partnerships are better left for dancing than business and him and Bruce, Bruce had split. And, uh, then Frank started doing the design part of the car on his own. And I was doing the raceway side sooner or later that became melded into one thing. You know, Frank moved his facility into the facility that I was at, and that kind of became one thing at, at, at some point in time. So in 1993, CRC Manufacturing started. 1996, uh, CRC Raceway started. In like 2005, we moved into the facility we're in now. Okay. And just for, for, for my knowledge, this was carpet indoor racing at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Um. So how you, you, know, you still have the CRC manufacturing and the car company that we have. I know 12 scale is not as big as it used to be. Um, I talk to Hagbar quite a lot. He tells me he has his ideas about how he can make it better and make it bigger. But what do you think has happened to that side of RC to make that, that side that was once very popular shrink so much? Um, I don't, you know, um, I don't know if I've seen it. I've heard Alex talk about that, but you know, CRC has probably sold more 12 scale cars this year than, than it ever has in its in ex existence. Really? Um, so I haven't seen that type of withdrawal that they're talking about. Although, um, you know, I, I do think that, uh, you know, we got to maintain, um, maintain some, uh, legitimacy over class and, and keep mm -hmm. it relevant and, and so on. I see s some of the bigger races going down, but some of the club racing come up. Mm -hmm. uh, although RC seems to be doing very well right now, in in my opinion. I know some mm -hmm. other people don't agree, but in our segment, we're we're doing pretty well. Um, you know, uh, geez, I, I I'm not seeing exactly what Alex is seeing. So okay. Um, well, I would I would say maybe onwards. I mean, looking at that ten scale and eight scale, like you said, onward on that side of things has probably dropped a lot. I know eight, like especially nitro racing, uh, ten scale nitro sedan and whatnot. It's a shame because that was such a huge class. But I think that when it came down to less parking lot tracks and stuff like that, that was the big thing that got touring cargo in and all that stuff. If you talk to people, maybe we see that maybe maybe go back to that a little bit to bring back that. <clears throat> that aspect of things. I don't know. Um, but another thing you guys are famous for, <clears throat> excuse me, is the carpet. So it's like, you guys have this, this special racing carpet that people around the world use. Uh, how did that happen? Well, I'm going to go back to one quick thing and then I'll go to that. Um, okay. I obviously, we actually have to do a better job with advertising. Cause one thing that, um, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned, and obviously you must not know. Uh, CRC is a manufacturer with the 12-scale car. We won the 2014 IFMAR World Championships. With oh, our congratulations. I did not know that. With with Mark Reinhardt driving the car. Oh, our, really? car our car is a world championship winning car. Well, congratulations. I did not know that. We need to have yeah. that right on your Facebook so people know. It, I believe it is. <laughs> Where was that, by the way? 
Uh, it's actually, it's, I believe it's on our website. I don't know if it's okay. on our, uh, uh, the tra- I was in Florida. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, I've been around for a minute. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's been around yeah. for some time. Okay. Well, congratulations. I did not, I did not know that. Um, so you yeah. are if Marwell champion and that's, not a lot of people can say that. Nope. Uh, no, I um, I, you got to think we're a small American company mm-hmm. with uh, with not a huge, huge amount of uh, dollars to go investing into big EDM machines and all kinds of machining stuff, and well, you know we beat the best in the world, and I, I got to say that I'm proud of that. My and I know my brother's very proud of that. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you go against X-ray and and all these big companies that that all have right. a lot of engineering Money. dollars. And, and, and it's hard to go against them. I and we do it week in and week out, and we do it pretty well. So, Yeah, I mean, like, X-Ray manufactures most of that stuff in-house, too. Like, that, it's very hard to compete with that and the amount of money that they have and also Maddox throws at this as well. But you've been around long, a long time, you know? So, obviously, yeah. the proof is in the pudding on what you guys are producing. Uh, because, I mean, to still have a – I would say to have a small brand like that that's still kind of run by two brothers – in this day and age is extremely hard. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, I, I agree. It's not, it's not a, an easy thing to do. It's not, um, but I'm sure X-Ray has its own challenges with a big mm-hmm. company. Yes, so I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Thank you for sharing that with us. 2014. Mark Reinhardt. I still think, man, he, he looks so young, but I've, he's been around for so long. So long. He has. He has. All right. So let's, let's talk about this carpet because we always hear about people saying CRC carpet and we got to get this. And how did that come about? How did that develop? And are you seeing, I'm a big proponent of semi-permanent tracks happening like mm-hmm. it is over in the uk and all that stuff and i think for many tracks heard or local sh- tracks in america to survive they're gonna have to go to that type of business model maybe it's in a school hall maybe it's you know because we're seeing a lot of tracks cl- I go, we just heard about thunder road that's closing on that's a carpet track um we, you know we see certain things we're writing on the wall of other tracks that are permanent that require you know sustain i mean you are a permanent track as well but i think you guys seem to be healthy up there uh, what, well, how did this carpet come about? Uh, you know, a number of years ago, and we've been doing carpet for God forever. A number of years ago, basically the place that you could get ca- carpet was this, was this little factory in Connecticut and you'd call them up and, you know, there wasn't a supplier like a CRC where you can call up and get carpet. People were going to Home Depot or Lowe's and picking up whatever they could. And then this one company, they didn't make race carpet. They made something called Ozite. And I'm sure you've mm. heard of Ozite. And it was just this one company out of Connecticut that was making this, this product. Well, they basically stopped making the same thing that they were making in mm. the process. Uh, my brother had the, the intuition to, to reach out to a, car, a carpet manufacturer and get an exclusive contract and start building a, race carpet you know mm. something that we could use as a race carpet something that had very low fuzz had good grip and it was something that we could use and and that developed over a number of years and uh we came out with a product uh our first product was uh you know it's called the fast track carpet and then it went to the fast track two carpet and basically it's evolved a little bit over time but it hasn't changed all that much um there has been a couple of iterations of it, but by and large, it's it's been 
pretty much the same over the years. And that was just simply seeing a need in a market that nobody was producing and reaching out and working with another manufacturer to, to make it. How many iterations did you go through before you said, okay, this is, or how long did it take before you said, okay, this is what we're looking for? Oof. <laughs> um, no, that we had many, many samples mm-hmm. before, before we came up with what, uh, what, what there was. Um, I would say there was probably 15 or 20 different samples that came through, uh, before we settled on something that was, uh, was usable. Okay. So um, would you say that most of the tracks that I see now, they're running that type of carpet. Are they getting it from you? Have they outsourced it somewhere else or how does that work? Uh, they, they almost all get it through us. Okay. You know, uh, we, we ship carpet every day. Really? You know, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much that's, every day. Wow. That's pretty cool. I, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I remember I was like, man, CRC, CRC carpet has got to be the same thing. I would have never thought that that would be a legitimate business, but I guess as we're seeing, especially now, I, I believe carpet's just on the uptick. Like we're going to see yeah. more and more of it. Um, it's just easier. <laughs> it's just easier. Yeah. It's, it's better. I think it's the way we get new people into this as well. And um, like I said, I think we have to see the semi-permanent tracks come up. And that's kind of like how it was in the UK. You rolled out that AstroTurf or whatever. We used turf at one track. You built a uh, like a portable stand. Everybody, you had, you had some fire hoses with some sand in them, and you had a different track layout. You had little lightweight jumps, and it's perfect. Like, people want a different track all the time. You can have a different track every time you go to a race. Uh, we did it. It took yeah. an hour to set up and 30 minutes to pull back on. It was yeah. perfect. Uh that's awesome, man. So you guys pretty much have the monopoly on the carpet scene around the world. Well, there's uh, ETS is out there. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of other companies that are making carpet, and there's always somebody looking to 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 do what we're doing as well. Um, but by and large, uh, carpet's not an easy product. I know it mm-hmm. sounds like it would be easy, but um, for one, we're a little little fish in a big pond. When you mm-hmm. when you're working with a with a company that does the type of manufacturing. The amount of stuff that we're doing is peanuts compared to the mm-hmm. amount of stuff that they're they're doing. So production schedules and all of that stuff is very, very, very difficult. And keeping it consistent, uh, unlike the stuff that you put in your house, uh, you don't know from one day to the next if it's different, you know, if the if somebody else got a different role. With the yes. race carpet, it's got to be the same when it goes to Cleveland or when it goes to Snowbirds. It's mm-hmm. got to be the same because these guys are relying on it to be the same. And... Um, that is not an easy task. I give my brother a lot of credit for that because that's that's his his uh, project, his baby. He's he's done the most with the carpet stuff, and that's been a headache. You know, it's been a, it's been very difficult. I think that's I think that's pretty much of anything in RC because we're ordering such small amounts, so we always you no know, like these manufacturers always slip something in that they know doesn't work properly or something. You know, oh, well, you got the bad batch, but let's give it to them because they're. They can't do nothing about it, right? You know, we, we can't, we're not threatened by them. I think RC manufacturing suffers from that in in all aspects. So I could definitely understand how it would be with carpet and such a small market. I, I think, I think realistically the public believes that RC is this big money making, spending money thing. But at the, in, the, in the eyes of the manufacturer, it is peanuts, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the current CRC hobbies that you have now. So you have an indoor track. Uh, I was looking, you have, have a pretty big actual facility. 
So when did uh, that transform? Was it, did you buy it like that? Was it that facility that it is now with offer a track and the, the shop and all that stuff? Well, the track was uh, the, the facility that you see online actually at one point in time was an RC place. Actually, that's what it originated as. Right. Then it got, it got sold and it became a uh, fitness center. Oh, really? So then they tore everything out that we needed, you know, all stuff that we wanted, they tore it all out. So then, uh, then shortly thereafter, a number of years later, we ended up purchasing it. Uh, and then we had to go basically and rebuild it, which kind of ended up being a good thing. And then, um, last year, unfortunately, we had a very major lipo fire that almost, almost ended the whole thing. Really? I was actually at last year's ENATS. I was sitting there at last year's ENATS. And I get a text on my phone, the building's on fire. What? Yeah. Yeah. I almost lost a, almost lost the whole business to a lipo fire last year. Now, now have you put any uh, stipulations in, in charging lipos? Because I know like in the UK, if you're caught not charging in a lipo bag, you're kicked out. You know, uh, everybody be careful. I can't, I can't tell you this enough. That mm -hmm. battery was just sitting on a table. It was sitting there idle for, there was nobody around. The building was, business was closed. Oh, wow. The business was closed, and, and we have it on camera, that battery just going up. It How just much went damage up. did it cause? Uh, it, it almost took down the whole building. The building's uh, 100 by 60. It, you know, 10 more minutes, and it takes down the whole building. Oh, man. I, 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 we saw a big lipo fire at PMB here a, a few months ago. Like, yeah. a car flat landed. A guy went on, like, he saw smoke. He went to pull the, pull the um, body off, and that thing just went up yep. like a big ball of flame. I've seen, I've been in JQ has burnt me down with a, uh, I'm, <laughs> he had a big lipo five, just a little small four S starter box battery. That was like a big fireball. And this, I, I will be, I will say this, th that's no joke. I mean, one of my biggest fur, I have all my lipos in a, in like lipo sacks here in the office. And I'm yep. just worried about one day, like when I'm away or one night, they just poof, all go up. So I try to keep them separate from everything. I should get a metal locker. To put them in, but they yeah. ain't no jokes. We need to. Is there any way to improve the safety? I know you, you, this is a big thing for you guys because you do electric on road, but is there any way to improve the safety of these lipers? Hmm. Uh, yeah, obviously. I mean, one of the ways is you know, not charging them as hard as you, as you do with like some forms of RC really charge the hell out of them. Uh, mm -hmm. but realistically. The, the makeup of the battery is just inherently dangerous. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. You know, so I don't really think there's any way to, to make them any more safe than safer. we are right now. Yeah. So then safer than we are now. Uh, we, we sell batteries. We sell tons of batteries, not in the hobby store as a manufacturer. Mm -hmm. uh, we probably right now have, and I'm patting myself on the back, the most popular one us pack in the country right now. Okay. Um, one us lipo in this country right now because our one us pack is really really good mm -hmm. uh so we sell tons of batteries and it's something we wrestle with all the time um okay interesting you know, interesting well especially I, after having a fire like that oh man it's sick i could imagine that's so scary i um, i was just talking to a, a buddy of mine he's up in um up in rc madness and he was telling me about a lipo fire they had this past or a few weeks ago, or maybe just telling me about this, man. I gotta, we gotta be careful. With that said, I'm gonna really go invest in a metal lock of some sort. Uh, all right. So you, you get this track, you re, you get this building, you rebuild it. 
you, you when does the offer track come about like the outdoor offer track uh pretty much right away we were actually mm -hmm. doing 10 scale uh more 10 scale uh stadium truck than anything else we just didn't make the track as big in, initially uh but pretty much you know five shortly after we bought the building um i was out there with a a crappy old bobcat that we used to have building a track, you know, right after that. It was, it was pretty much right away. Okay. You know? What's been one of the keys to your longevity? Cause you bought this, you started this when 2000 and no, 1996. Right. But okay. So you bought the building. So 1996, we're talking over 20 years now. Yeah. That's we bought the building in 05. Okay. Right. So you've been doing this for quite some long time. What's been one of the keys to your longevity of having a shop and a, a track? Um, we have some very loyal customers. We, we get, if you, you can look on live RC, we get some of the best club turnouts mm -hmm. in the country and we have a very, very small area to pull from the town. Mm -hmm. I live in, everybody thinks New York, right there, oh, the big city. Mm -mm. Uh, my town is 30,000 people. I graduated with 41 people in high school. Really? I had my graduating class was 41 people. That's I live in a little town. Rome is, is tiny. We're very famous for a lot of things. Uh, Rome is a very famous little town for a lot of different things, but it's a little town and okay. we get, you know, we get 50, 60 cars weekly. Okay. That's good. We, That's very good. we, we, we kill it weekly. So what do you and do? What, what are your days for club racing there then? Thursday is uh, our club night. We okay. basically do one night a week. Okay. And um, how about the off-road side of things outdoors? Do you club race that or is it just weekend races? No, every every Thursday. Oh, oh really? Okay, yeah. that's every, good. Every Thursday night. So now, does your shop sell everything, or is it just race-orientated? Uh, it's primarily race-oriented stuff. We do sell basher stuff, too, but we don't okay. get into, like, trains and airplanes and boats okay, and stuff. Right, right, we, right. we have a few boats, but that's about it. By and large, we're a racetrack that has some basher stuff and some crawler stuff. Okay, okay, because I believe that you, you kind of need that stuff as well. Um, it's also a gateway for people to get in to RC. Do you get a lot of like walk-in traffic to your shop that people just come in and buy it? Or is it more <clears throat> people that are at the races maybe or online? Uh, you know, one of the things that the fire has taught us is that the hobby store itself has a lot of walk-in non-racer clientele. And we do need to beef up our our other things that we don't do normally uh, because mm -hmm. one that's one of the things that, that having the fire, it actually ended up teaching us okay. um, when we, we'd have people, you know, would, I don't know, sometimes it just gets lost in the shuffle. Right. Uh, so now the shop isn't there. Somebody knock on the door. Hey, I need a, something for my Traxxas slash. Hey, I need something for this Arma car. Hey, I need something for this crawler. And we didn't realize how much that traffic was there. I think mm -hmm. we it got lost in the day-to-day -day business of building cars and packaging parts and, and that stuff. And we realized that that be, is more important to us now than it was before. Okay. So also just, I just heard something. So you are doing all the manufacturing and shipping out, out of this place as well for CRC. Yeah, okay. we have, uh, if you look, there's an overhead shot of the track. If you, if you had a chance to take a look, uh, and there's two buildings, one's the man, uh, machine shop and one's the, you know, the race shop and the offices. Okay. So how many, how many people work, uh, there with you guys? Is it just you and your brother or do you have a staff? No, there's, there's staff. Uh, there's, okay. um, four, five, four full-time guys and 
or girl, guys and girls, and then another three or four or five part-timers. Really? Yeah. That's uh, So now do you keep – now I know this is always hard with hobby shops and stuff. Are you able to maintain and keep that staff uh, there, that particular – or do you have – do you go through staff quite a lot? Because I know that the margins ain't that good on this stuff. <laughs> and, you know, people people that work in hobby shops or work in these type of environments have to also, I think, be passionate about the, the hobby. Yeah, the uh, three full-time people are three. The three full-time people, and I'm not including Frank and myself. The three mm-hmm. other full-time people that aren't family members have been. They're full-time, you know. Every and we don't have any problem keeping them busy. And okay. then the part-timers, or or and I know I say part-timers, but they're more per diem, where they kind of come in more or less when they when we need them. Um, uh, they, you know, we have trouble keeping those guys and girls full-time during during a year but like in the fall around uh around halloween we're buried and we got all of them running pretty crazy but right now not so much you know not okay. not too much right now all right well here's a picture of the track I, I would assume this is probably at a club night or maybe when you had a bigger race it's nighttime uh, that is actually the, a very um, decent size yeah that's the uh that so that's about 200 long by about 100 wide uh is the okay. off-road track um the if you look there's a little little building in front that's the that's the machine shop type place mm-hmm. up in the front and then there's the big long building with the extension off the back where the driver stand is behind and basically the offices are in that extension in the back and the main on road track is in the long part that's going right to left okay so uh, nice that, facility thank you that that race right there is the rumble in rome that we call it the mm-hmm. rumble in rome and that's been going on for 19 years really that, that, yes. that's awesome that's awesome and i remember year, also sorry go year, ahead last year we did what uh 217 entries last year very good very good also yeah. i think you had messaged me you was you was thinking about uh you had asked me about i think zach was talking about the oil mixture for the track and all that stuff did you ever play with that we played with it we put it on a couple of spots on the track we've never never done the whole track we put it mm-hmm. on a few spots on the track it's really neat uh one of the things and i don't know if you can see it from that picture but we're right next to a marina so we oh, really, really? got to keep the dust down yeah there's a marina right next to us there's a uh there's a bunch of you know million dollar boats that are parked in a in in the harbor over there and we really got to keep the dust down because you start putting dust all over their boats and they get a little upset with us. So I would imagine, you know, uh, we have toyed with the, doing the idea of the oil many times. Or you could go glue like at the international buggy challenge where I was at just recently and seal that whole thing. The only thing is I would assume you guys during the summer, it will be all right. But once it gets wet, it kind of washes off with too much rain. So you obviously don't, there's no off-road racing going on there outdoors during the winter because it's no snow, right? Okay. No, no, <laughs> especially where I am, I guess. And again, I said, everybody thinks New York, New York city is about six hours away from me. Oh, okay. Way so south more north. Me. I'm way north. Okay. Uh, Canada is about an hour away from me. <laughs> oh, so <you're laughs> no, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm up in the North country, uh, okay. very much up in there. We get snow and we get a lot of snow. Uh, this area averages about 155 inches of snow a year. I would not know how that feels. Well, 
you know, it's about, you know, it's, it's a lot of snow here. <laughs> I would imagine I would be too cold for me. Um, let's touch on Northeast racing because now you guys season are kicking in. It's been, it's springtime going on summer. Uh, I do have gotten to know quite a few people from the Northeast. I know there's like, uh, well, LCRC is still Northeast. We have you, we have barnstormers, um, trains and lanes is also what, near, near you guys. Um, I didn't talking to yeah talking to people. Uh, I didn't realize how much history was in the Northeast racing as well, and I guess you guys are a big part of that because you've been around for so long. How is it? Is it is it is it enough to support everybody there? It seems like you got a good crowd. You're also six hours from a lot of people, so you're kind of up there away from everybody. But it seems like Barnstormers gets a good turnout. LCRC gets a good turnout. You just told me you got a good turnout as well. So is it, is it, are you guys, is everybody playing nice or is it just enough space between everybody for it to be viable for everybody? It's a little bit of both. Everybody plays nice. Like I, we deal with Rohan all the time. Um, uh, Rohan has his big, big apple challenge. We make sure we don't run on top of it. We -hmm. have our rumble. He makes sure he doesn't run on top of it. Uh, so that works really well. All of us play around pretty nice for the most part. Um, unfortunately we have a little discrepancy with LCRC this year. Aurora sets, you know, we, we gave Aurora a bunch of dates and we, the ENATS unfortunately falls on top of one of their races. We didn't mm-hmm. want to do that. We tried not to, I even tried because this initially was set up with the old president. We talked about moving it with the new president and the dates just weren't in the cards. So unfortunately Two people in the Northeast with big tracks were running on top of each other. I wish that wasn't the case, but I can't, I don't have any control over that. And it's mm-hmm. not Clay, Clayton's fault either. I don't blame him a bit. He's got the 10 scale two wheel match like two weekends after or a weekend after our race. Uh, no, two weekends after our race, I think it is. So it just, it didn't work out to, to pick another date. We really, really tried. Um, it just didn't work out. So unfortunately, we all normally do play really nice. Uh, but unfortunately, this particular time we had to run on top of each other. And that's unfortunate. I mean, one of the free, first people I called when I was working on the ENATS was I called Kevin and tried to make sure I didn't run on top of him. But I don't have a choice. It's out of my hands. So Okay. Sometimes those things just happen, right? It's it's out of your hands, out of your control. It's what Roar wants. That's their decision. And yep. uh, Clayton, he's trying to fix a lot of things. So Yeah. Yeah, I got it. I've spoke with that guy a lot recently and he's got a, I, ho- I hope he sticks around for a long time. I can't imagine the amount of work that guy's doing. He's doing an amazing job in my opinion. I love the direction that they're going. Um, it makes me want to get involved with Roar myself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I see the direction he's going. I see what he's thinking about and I like what he's doing. Me um, too. It won't, me all, too. It, it won't all be perfect, but he's doing a much better job than the old regime. I would 100% agree with that. And what I tell people all the time is he started, he pretty much starting from scratch and he's got to rebuild this from scratch. So kudos to Clayton. We got to get him back on her. I got to get Rohan on her too. He's been, a lot of people have asked me to get him on her. I really, he's, he's got a very interesting story. So I need to get him on her. <clears throat> all right. So let's I love, talk about I love that. that guy. He's awesome. Yeah. I haven't heard anybody yeah. say anything negative about that man. 
Yeah, Rohan's a, he's a great dude. I love Rohan. He's a, he's he will forever be one of my buddies. I I always try to go down to his races whenever I can. I go down to his, some of his smaller races. He's got a good place and and we work well together. He always supports us, and I always try to support him. I mean, that's what we should be doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's good to see. <clears throat> good to see. All right, so we are heard, we also heard to talk about the E nets that you guys have coming up here. Uh, what are the dates exactly? Uh, July twentieth through the twenty third. So okay. unlike most nationals, there the Aurora spoke with me. Clayton spoke with me about maybe trying to cut it down a day to travel, some hotel costs. So we actually have promoters' days on Thursday instead of Wednesday, which is a little mm-hmm. little different than previous Nats. Okay. Uh, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is the twentieth through the twenty third. Okay, that's good because a lot of people, you know, the nationals. Usually the fuel nats is like a week long race. I know it starts it's right. starting at Thursday here, but usually people get there on a Tuesday and set up on a Wednesday and stuff like that. So it is a it is a long race. Uh so that, that would help as well. I hope it helps with more people getting there. Um I know last year it was supposed to be at well, it was at G's and then mm-hmm. the Visions race just happened to be put on top of that, and I think that hurt it. Um not the Visions race fault not Raw's fault. It just happens that they had to do it on that date <clears throat> and it sucked, but I think it really took, because we always heard that, oh, <clears throat> we think that the, well, I always heard if we put the ENATs up north, <clears throat> excuse me, it will be full. It will be a battle race. It'll be more people because there's a big e-buggy population up there. But your habit, we we have seen, you know, every time we say that we've seen some, some ENATs, like I think the one in Tampa a few years ago, it was very low turnout, you know. I think it was uh, it was at Lee Lee Satcher's track. Am I was it last year? No, the year before G. So it was 2021. Not the biggest turnout going on. It's always we you know e buggy is is huge in in that area and in the southeast and the northeast. And now we see e truggy is is booming. Like you know, I think at PMB had a hundred last year had 150 e truggies show up. You know, and that that he doesn't have separate classes for that. So right. we're in a we're in a region where these 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 e trucking e buggies are booming, but I still wonder why we don't get the the numbers that are needed because a lot of people don't understand for for you guys as a track to make money off of the entries, you have to reach a certain number, right? Mm-hmm. And then you start making some money off that. The track has to then do get they have to get their money from. Selling pit stop. I saw somebody was complaining about that, about having $200 for pit spot. But I'm like, dude, this is where the track makes their money. Like selling, I said, I gladly paid 100 bucks for a perfect pit spot at the Nationals in 2021. Didn't have to worry about bringing a chair, table, electricity. It was all there. This is where you guys make your money, through the sponsors, through selling the pit spots, because you don't really make any money off the interest. And especially when they don't hit that magic number that they're supposed to hit before you can make it. So to me, this is, what you guys have to do how how can we get more people ra- that race these e-buggers getting them to up to these nationals we have a world's coming up i was just at that track 2025 we got the the e e-buggy world's coming up we got the euro super world cup coming up this this year in portugal not at that track but a different track i think the world's is going to bring some legitimacy to the class of e-buggy I know we say we 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 don't e-buggy a lot her, but it is the future and it's the it's what people will get into and hopefully get into nitro at some point. 
But I don't see e-truggy or e-buggy going anywhere. I see it getting bigger. I see innovation in it getting better. Uh, but yeah, I would love to see an e-nets like sellout. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I think you touched on a bunch of things and I have a, I'm very opinionated. I have a bunch of opinions on all of those. And one of the things is, and I spoke with Clayton about this, um, with Roar and the, and the Nets in particular, uh, like from my local guys, I, I noticed on my sheets that a bunch of the local guys haven't signed up yet. And I went to them literally this past Thursday and said, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, we're not good enough to run the Nets. And then you got to pay, uh, you know, you got to pay a, a membership that I'm never going to use again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, both of those things. You are good enough. You're not going to finish last. I guarantee you. You're probably not. I, I know you. I know how you drive. You're not going to finish last. You are good enough to come tra- test this out. And I understand that you don't want to purchase it. I think that Roar needs to look at, in my opinion, some sort of day pass where maybe it's 10 bucks mm-hmm. for the day or the 10 bucks mm-hmm. for the weekend event or, or instead of the, the, uh, the cost of the membership. Um, I don't know how that works. I know when I go racing motocross right now, when it like as, as a 48 year old old fart, uh, when I go there, I can get a, a, a a day pass for AMA for Mm -hmm. the American motorcyclist association. And I can go race on a day pass. Now, if I race enough times, that day pass doesn't make any sense, right? Because it works out to be more than the membership. But if right. you're going to do one, one, two races a year, a day pass might make sense. So mm-hmm. there's a possibility of that. Uh, the whole thing with people saying they're not good enough, I think the intimidation of having the Dakota fans and the Ryan Mayfields, and, and they think that, you know, I'm not good enough to be out there with those guys. And I, I, I disagree. Um, you know, uh, these guys are all very, I mean, I remember Dakota when he was just a young kid at Tilsonburg with his mom there. And I give her a ton of credit. We were freezing our butt off and she was out there and you know, he was, he was just like they are today. And he just practiced and got better, mm-hmm. you know, we're all putting our pants on one leg at a time, right? There's, there's nobody that's above go out and run with them. And I'm sure they'll show you something. They'll be courteous. All of these guys have been involved with this for a number of years. They're all good people, but I don't know why that seems to be, I'm not good enough to race against these guys. Yes, you are. But for some reason, that seems to be the thought. Now I'm slowly talking our guys into to signing up. There's two of the little things that I think happen at a Nats is that people get afraid of it. Uh, the, the, the prestige of it, maybe a little bit, uh, if you're maybe mm-hmm. not as good. So there's, there's two of the things. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to we talk about the youth and you really go on and on about how the youth is the future. I totally agree with you. I can't agree with you more, but uh, I'm 48 with with some kid with some children. And uh, in order for me to go to a race, I got to keep the wife happy. And that means I'm bringing the kids with me. Mm-hmm. And every race, is, unfortunately, every entry is, you know, 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if I'm buying, you know, $5,000 in RC cars and, and I got, uh, two kids that are both running two classes, you know, there's $400. I'm running two classes. There's $600. The equipment that goes along with it, pretty soon we're going to Disneyland and the wife can go with us. And mm-hmm. now she's mm-hmm. leaning on me that we're going to Disneyland. We're not going to, to, to race RC cars, you know? Um, so we have to, as a, all the manufacturers and races, I know where we 
we only have certain spots where we got to, we can make our money. And I get that more than anybody else, better than anybody else, because it's what I live in every day, Mm -hmm. but we got to be mindful of the, and I'm picking on 35 year old guys with two kids, but we got to be mindful of what they're trying to do when they're showing up at a race. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I have no issue with the 40 plus class or 45 plus class or whatever, uh, because the, the old farts are the ones that have the money and the knowledge, uh, as well that they can pass on to people. So definitely like they have a 40 plus euros and I think that's great. And I think there should Mm -hmm. probably at some point be a 40 plus or whatever age group worlds, but I would also like to see maybe a youth worlds. Maybe not, maybe they do both at the same time. So you have the youth there. It's, I don't know how we do it, but yeah, the problem I see with that. that, And the thing I've seen at the past two nets Mm -hmm. is that for some reason, the youth classes don't sell that well. And I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I, I also I, I talked to you off screen about this. It's a lot of the e buggy only or e e people that I know people that just exclusively exclusively run e buggy or e truggy. I think the lack of maybe having a sportsman intermediate pro class also scares them because I mean they're used to that. And then when you take when you take a nationals, there's, there's nothing like that, right? But there there could be you know, and you don't have to have separate classes or anything. You could just do the qualifying off 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 the like take your i don't know we've we've talked about it many many times how you can do it but i think that is probably the intimidative part with people i don't i get it they look to be honest you if if you're going to be at this track and it's going to be like dakota fan and there's enough entries you might be in a seating heat with them you might be something in the lower heat with them but i think it works out where you end up racing against the people that are of the same level as you anyway the only thing you don't get is a trophy for sportsmen or intermediate. And I mean, that's just kind of how the nationals are. I mean, the few nats mm-hmm. are the same way. I think every nationals is the same way. The Euros and everything. Maybe I that agree with people you. a little bit. I agree with you. I mean, perfect example. I'm, uh, I, I think I'm a perfect example. Last year, I, I at G's at the E-Nats last year, uh, I TQ'd the plus 40 class, right? I was the mm-hmm. top qualifier in the plus 40 class. There's no way I'm winning the, the pro class. There's no way I'm making the mm-hmm. A. There's probably no way I'm making the B. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll find out this year because I can run both this year. Mm-hmm. So this whole worry about the guys in plus 40 running two classes, I know that was the Drake rule and probably the JQ rule, but realistically, those guys are kind of a little bit of a different breed. And honestly, they're, well, not a not different level. Their time has come. Mm-hmm. I know from my own experience, uh, from an on-road perspective, because I still make the A's at the Indoor Champs, okay. even now this year. Uh, I, I made the A in 12 scale at the U.S. Indoor Champs, so I'm still very high level there. Uh, your skills, it's not that your skills, your eyesight, mm-hmm. your reflexes, mm-hmm. they change over time. And I am I can tell you, because I've raced RC for a long, long time, they have. So I just don't see why it's such a big deal. Um, and I don't think it needs to be. And I, at a fuel nets, I can understand it because they sell out. But all, all these other races, you should pretty much be able to run what you want to run. You know, yeah, and I, I have this out. argument with JQ. He thinks it's all about commitment and having other priorities. But I'm like, dude, as you get older, as you get 40, it's it's not it, you start going downhill. Like it's not you know it depends how rapidly you go downhill, how you take care of yourself. And I'm like, yeah, like your eyes start going like. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff that you used to be able to see, your depth perception, 
especially on these big tracks. <clears throat> How old it's, is JQ? He just went 40. He just, he just yeah, 40. when he when he passes 45, he's like 46, 48. Have him give me a call because your eyesight <laughs> changes a lot after your eyesight. Your there there's stuff that I felt fine when I was 42. I was still racing motocross and do all this stuff, and I still do that. But I'm telling you, he'll he'll feel it. Have him give me a call in about yeah six to eight years. We'll have well, a talk about it. I agree with you. I mean, look at I'll I'll, I'll use Mayfield as an example. He has a nighttime body now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or he has a body like with these big tracks that he has to use so he can see it. And we was talking about this on the podcast and I say, yeah, Mayfield has the skills and he still has the commitment to do this. But the one thing he can't do, which Dakota fan has, is he has youth, you know, right. and once you as you grow older and all this type of stuff, things start, you know, like your eyesight, you got to wear glasses, you got to do this. I mean, you can only fix it for so, so long. And then it comes to a point where it's like, all right, it's 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 making it harder to do this for a living. That's why we don't see many pro drivers <clears throat> uh, winning things in their forties, I would say, right. you know, like to a big level. So, all right. So tell us a little bit about anything special. Uh, tell us about the ENATS uh, pit spaces. Who's going to build the tr- You guys in a complete rebuild. Who's going to build the track? What can people expect? Um, maybe hotel information that people may need, or if anybody is interested in coming, who they can contact. Well, obviously, contact or you can contact CRC uh, right there on the website, or uh, we have all of the numbers and everything like that, and all of the emails. They're all on Roar. They're all on our Facebook page. They're all on the. Uh, we have both a CRC Raceway website, which is www.crcraceway.com, and www.teamcrc.com, which is the manufacturing side. Um, Feel free to reach out to me on Facebook. You can hit me up personally. Um, the ENATS has kind of, kind of been my own personal little pet project. Mm-hmm. So um, pit spots, I know that's, that that came up on, it's funny that you touched on that, that came up on the whole, I can't believe how much you're charging. We're I actually know. not. We're actually not. Pitting, if you bring your own table and your own chair and your only easy up, is completely free. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost you a penny. If mm-hmm. you want premium, and when I say premium, indoor with a big screen next to you that's got live RC on it, air conditioned with a table and a chair and power and all the amenities, bathroom right there, indoor air conditioned pit spot. Yeah, that's $200 for the week. Mm-hmm. Indoor air conditioned pit spot with a, with a big, big screen right there with live RC on it. So yeah, that that's yes, that is true. That is an expensive pit spot. But there's guys that are coming from, you know, California and this and that. They want to be comfortable. They want that, that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. that makes sense for them. Uh under the under the big top, you know, under an outdoor tent, um, hundred bucks, table chair, mm-hmm. power, everything. That's pretty standard fare. I think that's I know, roughly it's what standard. I'm, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty standard fare. It's not like, uh, and then camper, uh, I think camper spot is, uh, for the week. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's $200 for the week. Mm-hmm. Plug in, plug in your camper. We got plug-in spots, 12 plug-in spots that you can use. Most, most of them are not all of them. Uh, a lot of them are sold out already, but there are mm-hmm. still, still some available. Uh, and then any other spot on the ground, if you got a camper and you're using your own generator and stuff like that, it doesn't cost you anything. Mm-hmm. So we're not. And are you guys going to have like a banquet and dinner as well? 
Um, I don't think we're going to do the dinner. I do. I, I think we're going to work. We're working on right now uh, doing um, something on Thursday night. What that mm-hmm. something is just yet. Uh, it might be a band with like a corn cornhole tournament or something like that on Thursday night uh, after practice. Practice ends at eight on Thursday, and from eight, you know, eight to eleven, we might do something there. Uh, I'm in the works of doing that. That's one of many things that are on the table. I, I believe I have some food trucks coming that day, and uh, gonna maybe do a cornhole tournament with a band there. Okay, awesome, awesome. I, I hope that people do sign up, and I, <clears throat> I, I want to see this race grow. <clears throat> I wanna, I, I know, I want to see it grow for many reasons because, well, I think that e-buggy and, and these are the future for getting new people in, but also so we continue to have these because I know how hard it is to make money off of this, you know? Uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of people will just say, oh, they got 150 entries at $100 or whatever the price is. I'm like, yeah, but the track makes nothing off that. Like, you know, to be honest, um, I, I I know I've read the rules, how you have to make money and how that all that type of stuff. And I mean, we have an e-buggy world coming up like for the first time. And how do you feel about that? Like, I, I'm excited about that. I think we've needed it for, for some time. E-buggy has shown that it's her. It's not going anywhere. Um, we're going to have one at this beautiful facility that is Barcelos. Uh, I think, I really think it's going to be really great for that, this genre of the industry. I agree. I, I think that e-buggy has needed its own worlds for a while. Um, it hasn't been as popular enough to really justify it. I see where they were coming from that way, but I think it is now. And I think it definitely, the time has come to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, us being the first ever world's qualifier for that is uh, in the United States. I'm proud of that as well. I uh, just happen to be lucky that way. But um, I think that uh, we've needed a, uh, any worlds for a while, but like I said, it didn't, the justification wasn't there. And uh, hopefully it's there now. I'd love to see that sell out too. You know, yeah. uh, I hope it does. Uh, I hope every race sells out. I like I like to see people racing RC. There's just a good thing. Good things happen when you race RC. RC is so, awesome, man. I've I've met some of the best people I know in RC and people that will do anything for you. It's re- it's really an amazing. I think because it's so small and the whole big terms. And when you find that person that is into RC, you have always have that connection. Hey, remember this or remember that. And whatnot, but um, I I implore people to go to the Enets. It's in July. It's up there. I'm sure it's going to be a little warm, as well. It's it's summertime. If you want that AC pit, you pay that two hundred dollars. I know I would pay two hundred dollars for AC pit for the week. Um, I really want it to be successful because e Enets needs to needs to be as successful as the fuel nets. I would say, mm-hmm. and because this is a very important part of our our hobby, our sport. It's it's the it's what most people are going to see and start with, you know, and e-truggy is, is just gross. It's just, gross. I mean, I want to e-truggy. Like I want to go to a race and I don't want to race anything but an e-truggy right now. And I'm a, and I love nitro. Don't get me wrong, but I want to race e-truggy because it looks like fun. Um, But I also wanted to get your thoughts before we close up on her. You've been around this industry for quite some time. You've seen a lot of things come and go. Um, what are your thoughts on the industry or the hobby or the sport at the moment? Um, the industry, it's a tough industry. It, it's mm-hmm. a really hard industry to make a living in. Um, and especially if you're a hobby store, uh, I don't know how you do it without having some other 
form of income, mm-hmm. at least in the United States. Um, I don't know how you do it without having some other form of income, you know, some rental properties or something to supplement the bad times. Cause mm-hmm. you know, there's time ebbs and flows in all businesses. And, and I think that a lot of these places, um, if you look around the country, uh, Eric Anderson's place down in Tennessee, he, he supplements his hobby store with his manufacturing and maybe some of the other projects he's got. We supplement ours with some of the other things that we do, you know, carpet and manufacturing and, and then the hobby store. Um, and I don't, you know, uh, RC madness that you talked about earlier is another perfect example. That guy races everything. When Mm -hmm. I say he races everything, I, I love Chris Marcy. I've known him since I was a little kid. The guy's a, an animal. And why I say that is literally he'll be running 10 scale off-road on the carpet indoors on the track over here on the right. And the left-hand side, he's running 12 scale on-road on the track on the left, right? And he's announcing both. He's got two mm-hmm. screens. And he turns this way and he announces, and then he turns this way and he announces. And he's doing them both at the same time on the same day. Now that's, that's commitment. That's commitment right there. Yeah. Um, the guy's an animal. And he's got, right now, he's got an asphalt track. He's got an eight-scale off-road track. He does crawlers. He, it, that's the only way I see that if you solely do a hobby shop that also is a racetrack, you have to supplement it that way. That's a mm-hmm. lot of hard work. It's mm-hmm. a real lot of hard work building tracks and and uh, I give Chris a lot of credit. He's been in the, in the game for a lot, a lot of years. And uh, I give Chris Marcy a heck of a lot of credit. He really does a bang-up job and, and keeps it going well. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, RC Madness has been around for so long. You know, I remember reading about it in the magazines. Um, I had a buddy from Bermuda, Maceo. He used to go to school in Connecticut. And he mm-hmm. used to go there. So he was he would come home. He would tell us all the story. You know what? This is magazine days. So we don't. there's no internet. It's like 1995, 96. So he'll tell us all the stories about him being up there and what he was doing and whatnot. So it's really cool. I I I just, I think, yeah, I think, um, I think like everybody, we all want to see this, this part of the, the industry grow, the racing side. And I think, I think collectively as an industry on this side, we all need to put some thought and effort into it somehow. Like we need to go into it together. And um, I would hope, I hope we do that. But obviously we can't do these type of things without people like you who earn tracks. Like people will never know how hard a track is until they earn one. And you will never know how hard it is to work in this industry till you work in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it looks all like unicorns and cupcakes and everything else, but it's nonstop. It is nonstop. It's, it's a work of like, you have to really be passionate about RC and what you're doing to be around for such a long time and to continue doing it because it isn't about the money. It's it, yes, you can make a little bit of money and you can do it, but it's more about the passion to probably progress our hobby and do something that you love. It is, it is. And, uh, you know, ask, you can ask Kevin Muma from LCRC. You can ask myself, you can ask Chris Marcy, uh, you go to do an eight scale track change and, and Kevin does them a lot. There's a lot of work in an eight scale mm-hmm. track change. You know, 12-scale track change is pretty easy. You pick up the boards, you put down the boards. You know, you put them down in a different direction. That's pretty easy. Oval, 
That's really easy, right? Mm-hmm. Indoor off-road can be very difficult on, you know, indoor off-road carpet. You're, you know, you're building jumps. Or you're still easier than doing dirt, but not a ton easier. And that's just one of many things. So now you get customers that come in, oh, we want a new track. We want a new track. And it's like, man, I got to take a whole week. It takes a week, you know, roughly. It doesn't take a week, but it, it, it gobbles up the better part of a week to do it and do it well. You know, and money and money and it's diesel fuel and, and paying guys to be out there with shovels and rakes. And it's a lot of work. It's a real lot of work. Um, and it's, it, it's a dedication. Definitely. It's a dedication to the industry to do it. Uh, I, I hope that, uh, more tracks will, will, uh, pop up. I do worry. And I've spoke to you about this. This was years ago. And even now, um, I don't know how the industry sustains itself with the current business model of mm-hmm. the industry. Mm-hmm. I just don't I know that. how, I don't think this business model retains itself forever. There's going to be a shift. And I think there is, it, it has already started to happen. Uh, I just don't know exactly where we land, you know, where, where we land on our feet with this, because you can't have uh, places that aren't, you know, like big tracks like ours, you know, we got mm-hmm. two tracks and a big building and employees uh, you can't have people selling selling stuff out out the out of the back door, you know, out of the back of their truck or something like that, and undercutting that place. You mm-hmm. need uh, you need all the support you can from all the racers you can. We're in a little um, we're in a little area, right? We got thirty thousand people, but we get really good turnouts, fifty, sixty mm-hmm. cars a week. Most of the country in the United States is not getting fifty or sixty cars a week, mm-hmm. right? So. If you're not, how are you to sustain in something like that size of a facility? Yeah, I agree. You, know, you got to got to pay the rent on it. You got to pay the mortgage on it. How do you sustain that? Um, and then the maintenance on it, online yards. I just we have to. The, the industry, in my opinion, is in the middle of a shift. It's been in the middle of a shift for about five years, and I think we're getting now. We're in the middle of it. We we're in the beginning of it. You know, about four years ago. And I think it'll, I think it'll land on its feet, uh, but it's a tough industry. Yeah. I think it's going to take all the manufacturers coming together and setting some rules, you know? And because I, I am, I, I fully understand. I, I agree with you. I've been on both sides. I've handed out deals like candy. And then I saw that the damage that done to the brand and everything else. And now I'm like, Mm-mm, we need to reel this back in. You know, and mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with people having a deal and all this type of stuff, but it shouldn't nope. for my, you shouldn't be getting into RC and then three months later be worried about sponsors. You should be worried about like driving and doing whatever you want and trying as many cars as you want for that couple years. And then find out if you really want to do this. I see, I agree. I see this business model getting ready to fall in on itself and you see other companies are doing different things and we're going to see a lot of <clears throat> these deals and stuff where I just, I mean, I said it before, are we going to get to the point where we pay you $50 and give you a kit to run a car? You know, that's, that's, right, on, right. that's you, you're not going to be making any money whatsoever. So we definitely need to get a reel on that, but I think it starts with the manufacturers. I think it starts with just sitting on and saying, Hey, we need to put some sort of rules and regulations and everybody has to be involved, you know, you, but there's always going to be that one company that says, Nope, we got to get this. We got to do what we got to do. So it's a hard thing. Maybe yeah. we're going to see some of these, uh, maybe some companies go away, you know, because yeah. of this. 
So I don't know if I, I don't, I don't ever want to see any company go away, but we, we kind of, the industry has done this to itself. I get it. We adopted this, this, this model, business model. It's not unique to RC. It's in other sports, but it's also in other sports that are a lot bigger than RC. So there yeah. is money being made and on retail stuff and whatnot. So I hope that <clears throat> like a lot of people might be like, well, you're yeah, anti this and I'm not anti sponsorship. I'm just like, we need to have some regulation on it. Simple as that. Yeah. I mean, you think about it this way. If there's people out there that think that way, Oh, you're anti sponsorship. Um, and, and I don't mean to pick, pick on Mugen, but Mugen only makes race cars. Uh, mm-hmm. Mayako only makes race cars. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't, they don't make bashers. Right. So if, the tracks are going away. Where's your sales? Exactly. You only make race cars. You need a race track. Mm-hmm. There's no we, other way to get around it, you know? Yeah, so I we got to figure out how to keep the race tracks going. There's no I way, uh, there's no way to, to maintain this business model. If tracks are closing. I agree. We need to focus on getting new people in. That's what I think. And I know I get tired of hearing that we can't do it. We can't do it. Yes, we can. Tell me how we can. Don't tell me why we can't. Right. Tell me and, how we and, can. and getting new people in will help, but it'll only help if those new people are really buying. If people mm-hmm. are doing the same thing and, and undercutting and going backdooring and the, the whole, then getting new people won't solve the problem. It'll, of course, um, more people always helps right. to a, an extent, but it won't keep that track open, you know, mm-hmm. then we, and we need that track because yeah, getting that one new person in is good. But when you lose 10 of them because that track closed, that's bad. I you know, that, that that's agree. the bad part of it. So I agree anyway, 100%. I know all about that, man. We have no tracks or any DR. None. Yeah. So <clears throat> I just literally, excuse me. <clears throat> I just started like a WhatsApp group with a couple of guys and we're tentatively planning to build one, you know, so it's, it's a long ways out, but it's a start because we have everything here. We have cars, we have fuel, we have tires, we have people that use the race, but we don't have a track. So right. RC can die. I've watched it die three times in this country. Yeah. So like I understand it. that. So. And from a manu- manufacturing st- standpoint, right? I totally understand from a manufacturing standpoint how you could sponsor a guy that is uh, maybe not the fastest driver in the world, but very good at representing mm-hmm. the brand. I totally get that. But, you know, there's one of those guys in a million there's not one in every Mm -hmm. street corner and when guys at our track and this is personal when there's guys at our track that can't make the a main at a club night and they're sponsored by 15 different places there's a problem and i'm that's Mm -hmm. not an exaggeration there's many guys at our track that can't make the a in a club night that have a list of sponsorships longer than mine and i've been in this business for a long long time right that doesn't make any sense to me well i think what it's it's become all about how many sponsors and the deals that you have and not what you can actually do on the track right Uh, we need to get back to that you know do you're talking on the track not on your, your shirt so yeah, it's got to get more based upon race results than it does on social media and how much you can wave it around. I agree. Both are important, but results tell the true story, to be honest. Yes, that is so. true. All right, man. I wish you all the luck with the ENATS. This was a great chat with you. Um, it, we probably waited too long to do this chat, so I appreciate you come uh, reaching yeah. out to me. Uh, I wish you guys all the best. I'll be following it, of course. And um, I, I, if you're on the fence of going to the ENATs, I think you should go. 
We need you to go. Uh, we need you to go to the nuts. Don't worry yeah, about I'm, who you're going to be racing with. And if there's any obstacle at all getting in your way to come to the Enets, uh, just reach out to me privately, either on Facebook or publicly. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. Privately, publicly, however you want, you can reach out to me on Facebook. Um, on our website, you can send us an email, smoke signals, whatever you got, you can send them to me, and uh, I will respond. Uh, we get inundated with a lot of stuff right now because the Enets are coming. Uh, there is a warm-up race called the Rumble in Rome on June 9th, uh, June 9th, 10th, and 11th. Um, there's a warm-up race. Come join, come join us for that if you're feeling feeling frisky. Uh, if you are bringing a camper, we can work out some arrangements. You can leave it there the whole time until, until the Nats. I know a couple of guys are actually doing that. They're leaving their camper there between races. We are super flexible. We're, we'll we'll do whatever it takes to earn your business, and you give us a call. We'll try to make it happen. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Mark. I wish you guys all the best at the Enets, and I hope this helps get some people that were on the fence there, and that would that would make me feel good that we done our job. Good luck with all of that. I I love hearing people that are passionate about RC, been in it for quite some time, and I wish you and CRC all the best. Thank you, Lefty. I appreciate you having me on. I. I Appreciate your response to all of this and uh, being able to to uh, get us on here in a quick time frame. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you, and have a good day, man. You too. All right. Thank you, Mark, for your time. Great chat with you, getting up on some of the history of the Northeast Racing. Good luck to the ENATs. Hopefully, they get uh, a good bit of entries. We need the ENATs to get popular. Yeah. We do have a Worlds coming up for that during 2025. Maybe this guy should try doing some e-buggy racing now that they have I'm, uh, I'm supposed to get... So the guy who's been helping me out since I was a kid, uh, Jim Hughes, helps helps me out. With, uh, he built my Worlds cars, so that's the stuff I ran this weekend. Said he was going to build me an e-buggy. I don't know if he's still going to do that, but he was supposed to build me an e-buggy to go out there and try to you know rummage up the backyard. Well, I'll tell you what, that track that I was at in Portugal, the Marcelo's Buggy Arena is excellent. It's lovely. It's super hard. It looks badass. It's it's, glued, like super glue. Perfect. It's (laughs) completely sealed. Like even the sides and the paint and everything is sealed and glue. And uh, they are going to be the host of the 2025 e-buggy rods. I think that's going to bring a lot of legitimacy to the e-buggy class as well. So, yeah. Warner Crime. What are you up to? It's summertime now. You're in full swing. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's California. It, it is gloomy. It does not like that. Uh, well, you I race indoors mostly. Yeah, so. I don't know if you'll be able to see, but it is not sunny out here in California. It is gloomy as can be. It's probably going to be hot so, in Chico this week. Yeah, it will be hot in Chico. So good luck. It was hot in Arizona. I am glad to be back in sunny San Diego where the sun has not shined for a while. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely a lot nicer out here than it is in Arizona or probably Chico. So what's your schedule looking like for the next summer, this summer, next few months? I'm going to try to hit the JCINS series. Um, we have a race, uh, SDRC, the Point Break Battle Royale. Um, it's like a reedy race format type of thing going on. Um, that is the – it's coming up in two, a couple weeks, I think, two or three weeks. So getting ready for that. Um, we have – Roar Nationals, which I'll be doing that as well. And mm-hmm. that track looks good. Yeah, that track, looks, that track good. looks cool. I've heard some interesting things about the tire prep. Uh, I know Dustin's going and he'll be there, you know, figuring out the tires for the J Concepts team. So 
I haven't run on JC tires in a couple weeks, so it'll be nice to run on, you know, the so, tires so, and sauce. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, I, well, that's the, real quick before we go. Do you think they should just allow the sauce at, at the world? Honestly, it could be the most controlled sauce event ever because it's mm-hmm. IFMAR. Like you would have to sauce in a room with the tires you get and then the end. But I don't think that they're going to allow it. I don't even understand why they're letting this like, like race on slicks to begin with, but I guess it's what, you know. Well, which well is what weird. would you prefer a tire for you if it wasn't slicks? Uh, so slicks still, but I know at Roar races for the stock classes, they don't allow slick, like full slicks, but mm. they end up allowing it anyway. So uh, okay. I know that Ifmar is a little more strict, so I'm sure that uh, this tire was the appropriate choice, I think, for the Worlds. Um, everything was pretty consistent. There wasn't anybody that was like, I don't, well, there were people that said that they didn't have grip, but there wasn't, you know, like it wasn't, it didn't look like everyone was struggling out there. Okay. All right. Well, if you guys want to see any of the racing, uh, you can go to mod media, mod live media on YouTube or Facebook. He done all the coverage. Great job by Matt and his team. I believe they'll be doing the world's coverage. Yep. So, Right, so that's good. Uh, I'll be following him. He does a good job. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so that would be great. Thank you to those guys for bringing us the coverage there. Uh, thank you for your time, dude, yep. coming on. Uh, um, hope get well. Don't get sick yep. again. You know, no, I, I feel system. back to normal 100% after um, getting those you know. two shots. So I know I can't continue to do Maybe that's what I got to do with the world just get sick and get, just get a shot of a penicillin. Maybe, maybe you should start eating some vegetables or something. I did. I had a vegetable. Ryan Prince's girlfriend uh, made me uh, eat a carrot and um, cauliflower and a cucumber, and I liked the cucumbers. I did not like the carrot or the cal- or the cauliflower. Okay. No, I doesn't like vegetables. Like my son, he doesn't eat any vegetables whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, stay safe. Get well. Appreciate we it. need you there. Hopefully I'll be there. We'll see what happens if I get yeah, there or not. And um, thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate yeah. it. No it was problem. good chatting with you. Uh, I'm sure you're. I'll send this podcast to your your mentor so he can, you know, critique you. Of course. <laughs> uh, and um, good luck this summer. Have yeah. fun as well. Uh, thank you. you know, you know good luck in everything that you're doing. We want to yeah. see you doing well. Thank you. And um, yeah, let's get ready for the world. Let's get ready for the national. Got a lot of ten scale racing left to do. Yeah. And I think that's it for us this week, man. Yeah. Um, I just want to say Good thank luck. you to yep. yeah, thank you to you once again for your time. Uh, thank you to all of the people that support us, the NNRC squad around the world. Obviously, we can't do this without you guys. Thank you. Uh, if you are listening to this on the YouTube, or if you are listening to this on YouTube, if you ain't hit that sub, like, uh, or dislike button, and notification button, leave a comment. Also, maybe share this if you are listening to us on audio platform. Leave a review and share it as well. We need to continue to grow this and get the NNRC word out to people also thank you to the youtube members and the nnrc patrons if you wish to join that there's a link in the written description and also yeah. also thank you to these awesome companies that support us they are invisible speed high tech rc sumpadal usa sidewinder fuel hot race tires mayako beach rc techno rc ignite design rc don't forget they got a sale on a racecraft usa WRCE, house of rc shout out to our drivers david ronafog jared tebow robert batty alexander haberg and our new new Sir Matthew Gonzalez, our first Mexican driver. Happy about that. <laughs> um, thank you 
for all of those guys. Links for all of that in the written description of this podcast. Thank you guys for the support. See you at the Nationals. Hope you enjoy this. And um, myself and uh, Mexico's National Treasure, we're out for the day. You guys have a good one. Thank you for everything. Thank you, guys. Say goodbye. You know, adios. Adios, amigos. Viva Mexico. (laughs)